It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. And gentlemen, we are back for another week of Baltimore sports discussion. An interview coming up later with Orioles top prospect Colton Kowser coming on the show. Um, Fantastic to be able to chat with him. Now, we are chatting with him in the future. We are recording prior to the interview with him. So... You know, if this if if something happens and for some reason we do not get Mr. Kowser, then you know what? Sorry, just going to apologize for our future selves. But we're recording on a Monday. We're getting him on Tuesday. This is coming out Wednesday. So that is my caveat. That is my caveat. But RDT has, has, has secured it and we have all trusted him. So um, RDT, this is on. I'm th- just putting this on you right now. If it doesn't happen, we're, we're locked and ready and we're, we're, we're good to go. I have I have all the confidence. Nothing will go wrong. Nothing. Nothing will go wrong. Nothing. Uh, we haven't really had any snafus with interviews. So knock on wood uh, when we've had them. We really haven't had any issues. So uh, knock on wood that happens. But good to have Ka- uh, Colton this week because honestly, I mean, a pretty slow week of talk um, across the Baltimore sports, um, you know, uh, landscape you know, place here. The landscape. Yeah, I'm looking for a word. Um, really all quiet, all quiet with the Ravens other than, you know, Everyone, you put out a tweet already here on uh, on the X fifty two account. You know, asking for some topics. Everyone wants to talk about Lamar. There's really nothing else to say about Lamar um, until maybe an offensive coordinator is hired. And at this point, you know, we've seen the Ravens' request for interview, request for interview. There's there's not a ton of concrete information there to really speculate on top candidates. So you know, seen some college coaches throwing like Todd Munkin, who's at Georgia. Um, you know, different people, but. I, at this point, there's there's not much concrete to say. And on the Orioles front, it feels like just this kind of like slow burn into everyone getting down to Florida for spring training. So not a ton there. So I I I, I throw to you guys. I think this like this week, if you these couple weeks, if the Ravens are not in the playoffs still, are probably the like the slowest two weeks we have on the calendar from a Baltimore sports perspective. I would say it's just that that dead of winter time again, like. It's a Monday and there's nothing on TV, which sucks, except for the last couple episodes. Well, the office is on that Brian and I were talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing going on. And and Brian did point out um the Orioles did make a trade last week, too. They got Cole Irvin from uh the Athletics. So it's not completely dead, but um he's a nice lefty pitcher. I know there were some people who were really hyping him up. Um, I think he'll he'll be fine. Um, I reached out to Dallas the second I heard about it, and I can give you Dallas's scouting report on him. He said, quick worker, good dude, lots of fastballs, good changeup, average breaking ball that he can get outs with. Um, again, he's a lefty. Who, me. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. He he doesn't strike out a ton. He walks like nobody. He he his walk numbers are like, I think they said he only he walked like more than two guys in in like five of his starts or something like that. Like, like something very, very low. Um Again, in Oakland, 398 ERA, started 30 games, 181 innings pitched, um, one, 1.160 whip. Um, again, I mean, he seems like a lefty who, who you know, will benefit from a really good defense in Baltimore and the left the, the left field wall moving back. Um, so I, I, I'm excited for him. I think he'll slot in like, hell, he could be the two or three. Um so that that was an exciting kind of you know couple couple minutes last week um, when they traded for him and then, and then they got another guy 
another minor league pitcher who's apparently a pretty um a, pr- a pretty big deal in in the minors. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for Irvin. He seems like a good pickup. Um, I'm excited to see what the, the Chris Holt and the uh, the Orioles pitching, you know, pitching wizardry what they can do with them. Um, and then you know, I mean, we we had some comments come out, and we'll talk to Colton about it tomorrow. But um, where Elias basically said that he expects Grayson to break camp with with the big league roster and then he said that you know he expects to see colton kazer make his major league debut this year too so a couple couple little you know things coming out here and there um from elias still no books being opened by by john angelos um still i mean you know we're still camping outside the warehouse every day and they won't let us in so we'll get in there eventually but yeah again cole Irvin, good news i'll take it um and now, like you said, we're kind of just truck day today. The Orioles tweeted out truck day. So that's one of the, uh, it's kind of when you know, like, all right, football season's over. It's we're, we're getting the bags ready for Sarasota. I think the one thing too about Cole Irvin is based on what happened last year and how the Orioles developed and even flipped guys that had been, you know, not as effective as they were last year in from the bullpen and starters, you kind of have to trust the scouting they're doing of bringing a guy in and maybe making it even better and accentuating those traits and making him an innings eater as a starter. We saw them do that last year throughout the pitching staff. So until they bring in guys that don't work, I kind of am like, okay, maybe they saw some value here and they're going to go out and get a guy. They think like, okay, with a couple of, you know, things that we can tune, there's even a better guy in there. Um, so that to, that to me is nice. They went out and got a guy that has some proven major league success. And then, you know, if they can do what they do and make him even better, you feel kind of good about it. It is bizarre. I think we said this during the season. It's like bizarre having the ability to like trust the Orioles player development. Mm-hmm. Seeing as for years and years, there was just no reason to really trust what they were doing organizationally from that perspective. And now we're just like, Oh, they'll just get them in here and they'll figure them out. I mean, it's fine. You know, that's what we do after a season where they weren't even above 500, but, um, or, you know, got up around there, but, uh, it's, it's, that's, you know, that's nice to be able to say. And it's wild too. I think, sorry, no, no, you go on, Brian. I I think, um, the thing that really jumps up for me is that, am I frozen? No, 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 you're good. You're good. Jeez. Uh, like 180 innings is the new 200 innings for pitchers. Mm-hmm. And that's as much like of a qualitative thing as a quantitative thing. I think at this point, because just the way in this day and age of baseball um, starters are coming out in the fourth, fifth inning a lot more often. And so you can't get to that 180 innings number. If you're not at least like going a little bit deep in games and, and to do it two years in a row, I think that says a lot about, um, at least <laughs> the adequacy, if not the quality of, of him as a pitcher. If you go back, maybe I, I remember I looked at this at some point and I don't have like the numbers in front of me, but, but I would imagine beside I hardly find any Orioles pitchers who went back to back years and went over 180 innings. Like that's going to be a big rarity when it comes to the Orioles. So just to get that in the door is is a is a coop I think in itself, and then soft throwing lefty soft throwing might be you know not completely accurate, but 
those are the types of pitchers that got eaten alive at Camden Yards over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's coming from a pitcher's park there in Oakland, but um, the the guys who couldn't even live on the outside part of the plate because guys would still pull the ball over that 364 area and the gap under the old dimensions, like that's kind of your target audience there is the John Means and the, and the Cole Irvins. So especially for the lefties facing the righties where the righties are trying to catch that outside edge fastball or some of the softer stuff away and yank it down the line, there's nowhere for them to go with that. So you put a good left fielder out there who can cover a lot of ground. And I think um, he could be as effective, if not more in Baltimore. So, and that's, that's the thing again, the three, nine, eight ERA for a team as bad as Oakland was last year. And again, he, I mean, he's healthy. He made three star or 30 starts last year. Like, Again, I mean, you can uh, th- that number is going to, I think, shoot down. And like you said, I mean, you get a good left fielder out there. You know, if he pitches, he pitches the contact. So, again, with the way the Orioles defense is, I mean, like you said, we saw it with Lyles. We're going to see it with Gibson this year, too. Like, I expect his numbers to be much better this year. Is he going to be an all-star? No. Is he going to be in the Cy Young conversation? No. But, again, I think he's going to thrive in Camden Yards. Um, he's going into his age 29 season. So, again, he's not young, but he's not old. He's four years of team control left, which is huge. And then again, his last two years, 359 innings. Like, like you were saying, Brian, like the Orioles don't get those numbers from guys the last two, you know, in two years back to back. Um, and I'm going to butcher this name. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the guy they traded for him, Daryl, it's H-E-R-N-A-I-Z, Hernaiz. I have no idea how to say it. Um, I know he was one of their top guys. I think he was, I think, you know, he, some place had him ranked as 16. He was a good player. Um, he was like their fifth best ranked shortstop prospect. Like they have all of the, the, inf- the middle infield depth in the world now. So, and could you couple that with the, like, he was never going to jump a Connor Norby or Jordan Westberg, or, you know, any of those guys. Um, and then you factor into it that he was rule five eligible next year. It's like this. I mean, this trade makes no, of course you trade him. He was never going to, he was never going to make this ball club as a shortstop. Um, and then again, they got a major league starting pitcher for him and another guy. Like, I, I think it's a great trade by Elias. This kid that they traded to um, Oakland could end up being a very good player. But again, he was never going to make it here. It's just, it, it was a numbers game. He was, it was never going to work here for him. Um, and the fact that they were able to get two guys for him. And again, one guy is, I mean, it's major league ready. It's like, this is the first kind of trade where we're seeing, okay, a prospect, for a major league player. It's not, you know, a major league player for a prospect or two. And then, you know, we'll gamble down the line. Like we're going to see this guy in the second game of the season. Um, I, I think it was, it was a huge trade, a great move by Elias to, to make this move. Um, I, I think it's going to be one of the, one of the better moves that they make. Again, I'm not expecting 20 wins or a two, three ERA or something, but I think he's going to be a damn good, a solid pitcher for the Orioles this year. Yeah. I think the other thing, like you said, is, we talked about previously, could the Orioles start to package top-end prospects for like a big-time pitcher? But setting the table for the fact they had put together a system that allows them to deal some of that depth for major league talent. And this is really like a, the first great example of that, where it's like there isn't this giant freak out that the Orioles went and grabbed, as you said, someone that's maybe in that, you know, High end 15, 16, but you know, between that 15 and 30 type of prospect range, right? Is probably how you would you would put this guy. Like you're fine because you have all this organizational depth. So it's not a it's that guy maybe it two years ago for the Orioles is their like eighth or seventh ranked guy because they don't have 
the the type of talent they've put into the system. Yep. And that is one of the ways you roster build in Major League Baseball. So like good for, as you said, good for Mike Elias. This is a reward for when you win in scouting and you win in the draft and you do a great job signing international talent and all the different pathways people have to play professional baseball. If you put all those things together, you can go out and get guys where you're like, okay, we need a guy to start 30 games in our rotation. We went and found him and we didn't give up a guy that we feel like could, as you said, maybe he ends up making a team, but the numbers game, as you said, makes it look like there's just not really a path forward. And maybe he pops with the Oakland A's and that's fine. Maybe Cole Irvin gives the Orioles 30 great starts and helps them make the playoffs. And that's the guy they need right now, not their 16th ranked prospect in their fifth ranked shortstop. That's not the guy they need in the, in the on the team right now. So exactly. very, it, it's that, it's that product of what we talked about a few months ago. It's like, okay, after the, we talked about this after the draft. Okay. There's now, there's now a crunch of how many people you can put on this roster and put on the field. They're going to have to start dealing that for places where they're weaker and starting pitching is certainly one of those places. And they went out and got a guy that can exist within their young cadre of starters, their DLs and their Grayson's and give you a solid guy every fifth day. So I like the deal, and it it was the Orioles being a little active, which was nice to see them after a pretty quiet um, offseason where they, you know, this was a place they still needed to address. I mean, starting pitching, you know, a lot of the other ones were like, okay, they don't need to sign a young infielder because we have all these young infielders or, or an establishing for all these guys we want to see play, you know. But starting pitching is not a place where there was like crazy amounts of depth, and they added a, a piece like that. Um, the Orioles' prospects were excited to watch is Colton Kowser. And well, I think we'll get to that interview right now as we go forward. Colton, obviously one of the world's top prospects, a first-round pick a couple of years ago, and is in this wave that we've talked about of, of really high-end prospects. Haven't seen him at the big league level yet, like we've seen the Adleys and the Gunners and some of these other guys, um, but can't imagine it's far away. Um, and you guys, this is the other tease. Who knows if I'll be on this interview? We're supposed to talk to him Tuesday. I have my job responsibilities. So this could be rdt banks and me this could just be banks and rdt so that's for you that's for future us and um past you guys to find or reality or current you guys to find out so future you guys i don't know i don't even know where we are in time right now um let's get to our interview with orioles top prospect colton kowser something magic happens all righty we are joined by a very special guest, um, an Orioles top five prospect, top 40 prospect on the MLB.com rankings. And we don't have to dive into the Keith Law top 100. We don't we don't uh, take that very seriously in this household. Um, a product from Sam Houston State. And I I'll be honest, Colton. Well, it's Colton Kaiser, everyone. Um, first off, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't know a lot about Sam Houston State before 2021 in the draft. So yeah. I, I took it upon my I, I took it upon myself to kind of look at some of the famous alumni. Number one, you're not on the uh the the page yet on Wikipedia, so we'll have to have someone update that. And I'm looking down these names. Dan Rather, that's a pretty big one. Um, Walt Anderson, NFL referee. I think we all know who that is. <laughs> um, who else? Josh McCown. And then yeah, you, Josh McCown. That's about it for, right. for notable alumni. Was I missing anyone? Is that the power rankings? We're trying to work our way up that. Um, let's think. I know that uh, we had a football player get drafted pretty high, uh, second round, I believe, in 2019. Um, and 
God, I'm blanking on the name. That sounds awful. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, he's on that list. But uh, yeah, gotcha. Well, that's yeah, fun. that's pretty much it, well, I guess. We'll have to we'll have to well, edit it. We'll get you we'll get you we'll put you in right under uh, Dan Rather just for now. And and we'll I will, I'll say, uh, I believe uh, this could be false, but uh, the Lone Survivor, Marcus Luttrell. Oh, let me look. Um, I believe he's from Walker County, which is that's awesome. Uh, Sam Houston he, is, and I believe his brother. He's a big Eagles fan, isn't he? He might be, yeah. Um, he he's uh, he has his foundation, the Lone Survivor Foundation. Is there's an office in Huntsville where Sam Houston is? He is listed on there. I just didn't know his his name, but he is he is listed on there. So yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. And again, I mean, we'll we'll kind of start there because again, that's where that's where a lot of Orioles fans obviously know you from the five number five pick in the 2021 draft. Um, We'll kind of dive right into it. Again, I don't know if if I don't follow the draft as much as some of these other people do, but I, like I said, when 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 that fifth pick came up and the card was turned in, I was like, I I don't know who this guy is. What what was that draft process like? Did you have any idea? Had you had any communication with the Orioles? Like, hey, we're looking at you at five. Um, obviously, Mike Elias has been known to go, you know, the quote unquote underslot, and he loves his college hitters. And again, mm-hmm. you fall into that category as a hell of a hitter. But had you had any conversations? Did you wake up that morning being like, I think I'm headed to Baltimore? What was that whole draft process like with them? Yeah, so I think my initial, you know, my initial talks with the Orioles came about draft was July 11th. I believe I went up for a uh, pre-draft workout on July 7th. Um, but before that, uh, I really hadn't, I had meetings with a lot of teams like area scouts and, you know, some of their front offices, but, uh, I really hadn't had a meeting with the Orioles yet. Uh, I hadn't really talked to anyone. And then my agent said, Hey, uh, you're going to fly up to Baltimore for a pre-draft workout on the seventh. And like, if you were to go there, it'd be obviously for, for a deal, um, at, at pick five. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, it sounds good. I'll just I'll go up there for workout. And so, I previously done a workout before and there was like a probably 20 guys there. And I was like, okay, it's probably gonna be something similar to that. But then it actually ended up being just me. <laughs> so, uh, I was up there and, uh, yeah, met with the front office, a lot of scouts and met with Michael Elias and, uh, Brad Selick, those guys. And, uh, yeah, obviously it went well. Yeah. I I'd, I'd say so again. I mean, you kind of just jumped off, you know, the page at everyone when, when, you know, they got, you got picked. And again, you're reading down all the comps and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we've seen Kyle Tucker and Nick Marcagas and guys like that. And we, we talked about it, you know, earlier on the podcast, like, you know, the Nick Marcagas comp is perfect. People in Baltimore, what you would be, I mean, you would turn into a local legend, you know, just, just, just because of that comp. So yeah. uh, again, they're not, they're not too bad of guys to be uh, compared to. And, um, Again, so so you get drafted, you come up, and again, we'll kind of fast forward, but talk about what it's been like to play on these teams in Bowie and Norfolk, and you know, even even younger than that, even even the the single A and stuff like that. With I mean, the, the rosters are just a who's who of of top hundred prospects and and guys that scouts are just drooling over. What's it like to like look around and just be like, there's Gunner, there's Adley, you know, there's Joey Ortiz, Grayson's on the mound, stuff like that. How 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 awesome is it to go out and just again? play is is it like you're playing with like a high school all-star team again yeah you know it's actually it's it's really fun you know first off not only because they're 
great players, but they're it's just a bunch of great dudes. You know, I mean, we all get along. We kind of all click, and I feel like that's something that doesn't really happen in a lot of minor league clubhouses. You know, the guys get along, but I feel like everyone gets along. And, uh, you know, the shortened 2021 season was essentially – that Delmarva Shorebirds team was essentially my whole draft class plus Kobe Mayo. So uh, we kind of took him under our wing, and uh, whenever we did that, um, we started winning a lot of games. And then it felt like we got to spring training, and then I, you know, I started to hang around. Uh, well, I take that back. We got to instructs, started hanging around with like Gunner and Westberg and Joey, and those guys, um, and started building great relationships with them. And then it felt like, you know, right when we broke spring training this past year, it was like the same kind of situation. Like I knew all those guys really well. We started off crazy hot in Aberdeen. You know, we had a – not only did we have a lot of really talented hitters, we had a kind of an underrated pitching staff, I would say. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's what the minor leagues is about, you know, learning and developing and, you know, building those relationships with those teammates. And uh, I felt like we've done a really good job of that, especially in the lower levels, um, you know, building that winning culture. You mentioned um... – an underrated pitching staff. Um, I mean, we know the Grayson Rodriguez is the, the deal halls. Um, and some of these other bigger prospects just as a whole Gunnar Henderson and obviously Adley. Um, but who's somebody who's like one of those more underrated under the radar guys that people might not know as well, or haven't gotten as much hype that has really wowed you in your time so far. Yeah. You know, I I'd say right out of the gate out in Aberdeen, um, two guys were, uh, Noah Denoyer and uh, Justin Armbruster, both those guys ended up finishing up in double A. Um, and I didn't know them very well at all. I, I Again, you know, I hang around kind of like the hitters, but then I also, you know, I mingle with the pitchers and those are guys I didn't really know very well. And then they just started coming out and striking out a lot of guys, not walking a lot of guys and, you know, putting up good, uh, good score lines and or stat lines, not score lines. Um, and yeah, those two guys, I feel like are pretty underrated when it comes to, to like rankings and all that stuff. Not yes. many people have really heard of. Them. I was going to say those are two names I wasn't expecting to really hear. I know we we interviewed Grayson I think maybe a year and a half ago, and this was like as the Joey Ortiz like train was kind of getting going, and he flat out was yeah, like Joey. Ortiz is is a freak. It was it, I think it was right I think it was right after he hurt his shoulder. And he was like, oh, it mm -hmm. sucked to see him go down. But he was like, that guy is just he was like, everyone obviously is is very well focused on the other guy, you know, the the, the Gunners and the Adlers. Mm -hmm. But he's like, Joey Ortiz could be like an, a top prospect with any other team in their farm system. Yeah, and that's that's something that, you know, Joey's awesome. I love Joey. Got to play a lot of I got to play a lot of games with Joey and uh, and Bowie. And then when we went up to Norfolk together, we were roommates. And, you know, I've, I've got to know him pretty well. We talk all the time. But like on top of Joey, like there's there's so many other guys. Like I mean, I mentioned just two pitching prospects, but there's a lot of other guys that you know they they get outs, they get they put up zeros, and you know sending goes for a lot of guys on the other side when it comes to hitting. I mean, I think at one point, I think we were putting up like on average, like when we got up to Bowie, uh, me Norby Mayo, and we had Joey. Um, I mean, among other guys, we we were putting up, I think eight runs a game. Like something silly like that, and it just felt like we we could win every game. Yeah, I mean, again, the the name those names that you described there, like that. I mean, they're just they they could be top prospects with any other. Like Kobe Mayo is, is 
is like buried yeah. in this farm system. And he would be, I mean, I've seen him compared to Chris Bryant. They're like, he would be other teams like gem and the Orioles. Yeah. They're less like, Oh yeah, this is a guy who, by the way, we also had this guy. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's an embarrassment of riches and it's such a, and again, like I, I'm not sure how familiar you were with the Orioles before you got here, but this is mm-hmm. such a turnaround from 2018, 2019 again, where, I mean, you know, the guys that were listed as top prospects were not, I mean, again, nothing, not taking anything away from them, but they were, I mean, it wasn't anything to really like gawk at with now. It's like the top 10 is just a who's who of, of again, I mean, these awesome prospects that, that everyone can get behind. Um, And again, like, like I said, you can't really talk about the old regime just because you weren't here, but how encouraging is it um, just to see these guys again, that you've played with, that you've grown accustomed to playing with, you know, on and off the field, knowing them, but then they go up to the big leagues like Gunner and DL and great, you know, and Adley. And they're not only are they going up there, they're performing like how, you know, that has to just encourage everyone from like a coaching standpoint, like and just a player developmental standpoint that has to just be awesome and, and kind of give you guys all the guys who, again, haven't been called up yet, but who are knocking on the door. It just has to give you guys more and more confidence that like, hey, when we go up, we're going to we're going to compete just, you know, just like they do. Yeah, you know, I think that it's a, it's kind of, it's an testament to, you know, what the Orioles have done. Um, again, you mentioned the old regime. I didn't, you know, know much about that. Again, you know, I didn't know much about the Orioles before I got here. And, uh, you know, when I came in, it felt like kind of a fresh start for everyone, including a lot of the, the coaches as well and the developmental side. You know, it felt like, you know, we were trying a lot of the new things out. And then, when you start to see some of those guys like Gunnar Adley and, uh, you know, you mentioned DL, you, you see them start to have success. Um, you know, it, it's, it's encouraging from, you know, it kind of starts there and then it trickles down to the bottom and it's like, okay, like these guys are starting to have success at the highest level. Like, well, you know, maybe we need to start, you know, looking at them, see what they're doing and then, you know, build off of that. And I think that that it really has had an effect with like the whole minor league system um, and the whole farm system. Yeah, Eric had kind of mentioned, um, you know, we talked to Grayson and he was here for, I think, at least a year with the previous regime, previous GM and everything with the with a, a pretty different player developmental system. Um, and you're, you know, connected, you're you were top college baseball player and, and you know, you've you've kind of gone through the ranks and everything. Do you talk to players with other organizations about what you have going on as an organization and what they might have going on. And like, do you hear anything about how it compares? Yeah. You know, I think every organization, you know, not treats their players differently, but it's like, you know, I have a lot of buddies that are playing the minors and like, um, like even when it came to the housing situation this year, like the Orioles, they, they put us up in, you know, and credit to credit to the guys who, who did that. They, they put us up in some nice apartments, like each got our own bedroom, bathroom, um, and like some of these other guys, they were put like four guys in a, in a two bedroom apartment, you know, having to share a room, things like that. But like, you know, the Orioles, they didn't really just do the bare minimum when it came to that stuff. They wanted to make sure they were taking care of us. And, uh, you know, that's just a, a point from the off the field, but like on the field, I think it, a lot of it has to do with your coaches and, you know, how comfortable they are with letting you do your own thing, things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I really – I wouldn't say that I – you know, we've dug too deep into, like, you know, what, what they're doing out the field and stuff. But, you know, you hear stories, you know, about some other orgs and things like that. But I'd say the Orioles, the Orioles are doing a great job. 
the again and and, and we're going to keep echoing it but we said it with Grayson like it's such a breath of fresh air to hear stuff like that because 5 years ago it was like the <laughs> Orioles were at the bottom of the barrel and everything analytics housing like everything so it's just it's it's crazy to hear again the guys who were the system is working on like it's working on you guys i think there's the proof so it's yeah. like you know, Orioles fans, I, I know it, it's kind of hard for baseball to like believe in like this long term process. But it's like, again, we're seeing it before our eyes. And and again, everything you're saying, it sounds like they're doing all the right stuff again down at the minors where people don't really see the housing situation and, and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, on the backfield. So it's 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 awesome to hear again, the 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 steps that the Orioles have taken. And it sounds like that, again, you guys are all in, in very good hands. So, yeah, I mean, it's. Sorry, like again, like I'm just gonna branch off what you were saying. Uh, like I, I hit with some some guys back here home, back back in home, back here in Houston. That uh, you know, they when they came up in the minors a lot differently, and so like we were talking about some some stuff. Me and some guys my age in the minors, and they were like, "Yeah, y'all are completely spoiled now. Like it's it's completely <laughs> different." And it's like, yeah, I mean that's basically what it is. Like I think a lot of the orgs and I think major league baseball took notice and was like, Hey, we need to start taking care of these guys when it comes to off the field stuff. <clears throat> and, uh, and it's been great. So I can't, I can't pay a testament to, you know, what, what it's done for us and our confidence, our sleep schedule, things like that. It's just like, you know, when you don't have to worry about those things, it feels like you can go out there and play free baseball. How, how did you go to any uh, world series games? Were you back in Houston for that or? Yeah. Ooh, was I? Yeah, I should have been. When was that? Yeah, it was later this year, right? It was like November. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was I think it did it end in November or in no. October, early November, probably. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was back home. I actually didn't didn't make it out to one. Um, I mean, they they were stupid expensive. Oh, yeah. it, it was like I was looking. I was going to get my parents some for. I don't know, actually. I made my mom's birthday, um, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, were you were you a Houston? Were you an Astros fan growing up? Or, or yeah, growing up, team? I was. Who was your, your go-to? Like, who's your team you rooted for? Ooh, three Bs. Yeah, the the uh, the Killer Bs. You know, those are guys I grew up watching um, down here in Houston. And you know, I I, I actually I really love that stadium. Uh, I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever been there, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, so I loved going as younger, and I haven't really gone as many games as I've gotten older, um, just because you know playing baseball a lot of the time it's contrary to belief it you know sometimes i don't just don't like watching baseball <laughs> i guess because i'm always playing yeah um but it's good to know what's going on did, did you like lifelong astros fan here by the way no <laughs> oh am i <laughs> no he, yeah definitely that's an inside joke i um, got sick of all the i got sick of all the whiners about um whatever you want to call the whole controversy a few years ago i just got sick mm -hmm. of them so i just started siding with them and it, it's been a pretty good ride for me yeah, I mean, it depends. So, depending on when you started, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they it was a tough L in Washington. I did go to a World Series game there at Nats Park. Um, that series didn't go our way, but you know, we got we got it done this hey, year. The long run, yeah. <laughs> now, did you like grow up dreaming of making a catch on Tiles Hill? Like, were you devastated when they took that down? No, I mean, I've heard obviously I heard stories about it, but like I remember being out there and not, me not understanding how big that center field actually was. Can you um, imagine that like nowadays, if you like went yeah. to a ballpark and you were like, I have to climb this hill to catch like a fly ball. It's insane. Well, I, I yeah, I would say that from a hitter standpoint, uh, not knowing when I was younger, I was like, Oh, that hill's kind of cool. And then now when I think about it, it's like, 
you know, if I'm one day playing there and I hit a ball, I think the, I think it was like 427 is what it was. But I was like, if I hit a ball like 425 and it doesn't go out because of the hill, I'd be kind of I'd be kind of upset. <laughs> <laughs> or again, if you're so, going back on a ball and you 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 roll your ankle or something like that. I mean, we yeah, saw exactly. Who was it? Beltran had a great catch up there. I think a couple other guys, but Berkman. Berk, I remember Berkman made one. That was I wanted to say crazy. Berkman, but I was like, I don't. Was he in his, center field? Why was he his in hat field? ended up all cockeyed? Yeah, yeah and he, he fell, and I remember that. But why was he in center field? Was he? I don't know. Maybe earlier in his career, he was playing center. I yeah, I don't know. I I, I always thought of him as a a little a little thicker guy. Um, yeah. I, I we'll we'll move over to this. I saw a video that I guess came out yesterday. I forget who you you and Gunner did this podcast with, but you were talking about the story of him getting called up. Um, I think it was you, Ortiz, and Gunner out getting burgers or something like that, and you took Bird scooters to this burger place. Oh yeah, we it was a great story. Take, no, Gunner, Gunner drove us to the the. I think it was. I don't want to get the name wrong. So as you continue to talk, I'm just going to confirm the name of the place. Um, yeah, well, but yeah, this the story you started out saying it where you guys sat down to eat and he gets this call that like, hey, he said the trainer called him or something. I was like, hey, we need you back at the field. And he was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. And then he, him or Joey was being oblivious. Like, dude, there's like, no, no way. Like, why would they call him up right now? That's like, there's no one there. That's still silly. And I was like, dude, like, they're not going to delay that. Like, obviously. And also it's 1030 at night and he's calling him back to the field. Obviously something's going on. And I think Gunnar knew that. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, did, did, did he have any like inkling? Like, oh, this is it. Or was he kind of just playing it down? Like, oh, I guess I have to go to the field and. He at 30 at night. That's a good question. He well, he got out of there kind of quick because I think he kind of realized because like he didn't even like devise a plan on like he was like, Yeah, I'll just take a bird scooter and then you know I'll come back here and uh you know grab my truck. And so then <laughs> he bolts out of the door and I'm just like, Well, I, I guess it's just me and you, Joey. And then <laughs> hell, I think 20 minutes goes by, we got our food. Joey and I are already done eating and next to us like Hey, can we get this to go? And then, you know, he calls us and I was just like, I hung up and then Joey goes, well, it looks like you're stuck paying us for his meal. And I was like, I, I'll pay for his meal. Why not? <laughs> I just got called up. Um, So then, yeah, then we drove back to the stadium on birds and I had a burger on my hand <laughs> driving a bird. And then, uh, yeah, he was already packed up and he said, Hey, can you go get my truck? And so we took birds back to his truck and then, Go back. It was kind of a wild night. So it, it sounds like he owes you at least a meal and probably some bird fares and probably something for picking up his trucks when you get up to Baltimore. You you definitely have like the Dwight Schrute, like you owe me one. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Gunnar and I, Gunnar and I are pretty close and like, but it's crazy because we've only actually played one game together. Um, <laughs> AAA. Um, so we got to know each other pretty well at Instructs. And then he kept telling me, he was like, Hey, you just, you just got to catch me. And I was just like, okay. So when he got started out really hot and booey, I was like, Hey bro, if you want me to catch you, slow down. And he goes, well, how about you just pick it up? <laughs> so then I technically I caught him. Yeah. Oh, you definitely caught him. Yeah, yeah. You guys were on the, you were on the roster for the same amount, you know, for, for one game. I think that's, that's, that's yeah, what we played got, together. He can't go up. So I don't really necessarily think he, yeah, he, yeah. I don't necessarily think that he, uh, I, he owes me, because you know he kind of motivated me. How about that? In a way. Okay. There we go. There we go. Did um. So, yeah. but you you didn't spin on that. You didn't finish his burger. I would have finished the burger and been like, "You're good. Like I'll I'll eat oh. it." 
No, 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 no. I felt bad because I was like, he's about to have a long night ahead of him. <laughs> uh, or a long, I think he flew out in the morning, maybe. He had to go pack up everything. Um, or no, did he? I don't know. I don't know if he, I don't know where they were playing, actually. I think they were Cle- playing in Cleveland, Cleveland so yeah, he had yeah. to go fly. I think he actually drove to Baltimore that morning to catch the flight. Or maybe they already flew out. I don't know. I'm speculating. But uh, anyways, back to the point. Yeah, he uh, actually don't know what we're. I I just went on a tangent. Completely <laughs> no, blanked. Were... I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you were fine. Again, I I yeah. was cracking up listening. I don't do podcasts that much. Dude. I get more free range. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Those podcasts are all about. You just kind of ramble about whatever you want. That's what we do every every single episode. Pretty much. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, see, I had a question, but it doesn't. I don't. I, we talked to Ryan Ripken, buddy, friend of the program. He was telling us how good a basketball player Gunner was. And I've heard other stories about DL yeah, being able athlete. to hoop. Who who have you played with anyone? Who's the best basketball player down there out of out of all the guys that that you guys kind of hang with? Are you and if you're not allowed to play basketball, we don't have to talk about it. I don't I don't want anyone getting <laughs> in trouble or anything. No, 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 no. I remember what you asked now. Uh about the burger. Yeah, no, I didn't want to eat it because he had a long day of travel. Uh so, nice, nice guy. Um, but best basketball player, you know, I've out there at uh Twin Lakes where our minor league complex is, there's a little mini I guess you could call it like a half basketball court, I guess you can say. There's like walls built around it, whatever. And I've only played with – I played with some guys in the org during like an exercise. But Gunners are pretty good, um, but we never really played like one-on-one or anything. Uh, John Rhodes is pretty good. I hate to give him a compliment, but he's got a good stroke. Um, and then Joey, surprisingly – can make make a couple shots, but I've never played with DL or Grayson, but I know that they had quite the the banter about who would win in a basketball one on one. So uh, we'll have to leave that up to for discussion discussion. Yeah, we gotta. I, I need to see some game. I've seen it on. I suck. On DL. <laughs> I'm not very good. Right. I can play defense and you know get some rebounds. That's every, about it. Every team needs that guy. So. That's some picks out. Yeah, I can there. set some picks. I can box out. I can kick there out. There you go. Fundamentals. We love there it. Go. You call out a pick. Like you call them out. That that's what you got. Oh yeah, do. I can call it from. We'll call it from half court before they even know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> now you, we're talking about basketball. Some off the the court stuff. Um, you you did kind of like gain this like I guess Baltimore like viral thing last year with <laughs> with the Legos. Yeah, you finished the Millennium Falcon. I was I looking did. at the Twitter today. I think I tweeted at John Rhodes to like I would Venmo him like five dollars if he hid just like six or seven pieces because like there's nothing yeah, more infuriating. Um, what what's next on the uh, the Lego agenda? Is there anything you know for spring training? Are you work? Did you work on anything in the off season? I mean, I was at the Lego store at the mall yeah. up here, and there are some there are some big old uh, sets coming out. So yes, yeah, so. Nothing. I don't. Okay. So, because the whole thing kind of came about with, with Gunner, because we were actually neighbors at spring training, and uh, when we were driving up to season, you know, or affiliate ball, um, we were in the Lego store because we built some during like small, smaller like the head figurines of like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I like I thought it was cool if we could collect all those, and then he goes, "Well, I kind of want to buy the Millennium Falcon." And I was like, okay, you have a truck. I have my Honda Accord, and that's kind of a big box. So <laughs> uh, 
that's cool. And he was like, well, no, we'll do it like a competition. Whoever finished first. And I don't think either of us kind of realized like how long it was going to take because it was a lot of pieces. And so then once we finished, he was like, okay, you pick the next one. But then I think he already actually uh, bought the next big one to do during season. I haven't bought it yet because I'm back order. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave the fans up to speculate which one it is. It is Star Wars themed. All right. I got to do something. Um, yeah. So if you go to the website, it might say it's on back order, but uh, it's a, it's a good, I'm kind of pumped about it. I have no idea where it's going to go in my house. Um, <laughs> Cause the other one's sitting in my brother's old bedroom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but you know, next on the agenda for spring training, I think my goal is to uh, collect all the head figurines, but some of them are like sold out on like the Lego website. They're like older ones mm-hmm. and you go on stock X and they are, cranked up in price it's like i don't really know yeah i couldn't like like black market legos are probably like it's probably like jordan's i tell you what like unopened boxes like non-built ones that are like out of stock like they're not going to make them anymore Mm -hmm. yeah they 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 be cranked up a little bit yeah they're i mean yeah they're like collector's items i'm sure i i yeah i i bought a it must have been maybe six or seven months ago i went to target with my daughter she's four and she's like oh i want this I want this like Encanto house. I was like, oh, okay, nice. It was a Lego one. I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy it. And I just didn't even yeah. look at like how many pieces. And I got home and looked at the box and I saw 556 pieces. And I like texted my wife and I was like, I have messed up tremendously. Like this is going to be bad. And then I opened it. And again, obviously the Millennium Falcon is its own animal. What was that? Like 7,000 pieces or something? Like, Yeah, it was like 7,400, I believe they make it so easy now they used to just oh, be yeah, one they, box like one bag you dumped them oh, out yeah. and you had to search for them now there's the book yeah. tells you everything and i was like oh this is like it's like in this bag in this bag here's what you do first i was like oh this is yeah took me like an hour maybe it was super easy not saying the millennium no yeah yeah they i tell you what they're good little mini projects to mm-hmm. you know, work on and i think <laughs> you talk about the book that millennium falcon book was like i can't do a size comparison but it was probably inch and a half thick the white like, pages on it, like a spiral page. yeah um yeah so i think i mean target's fun you just you walk in there you might you see whatever in there <laughs> lego section you know they restock sometimes you, you just gotta you gotta take a stroll in there every once in a while oh they got the great card section there too yeah i went down i went down a route of cards for a while too i wasn't really proud of it at the time but i <laughs> i i was I was hunting for some Pokemon cards that I probably didn't need to be, but we've all been there for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. Again, I, I, I met up with, uh, um, Lowther at the, uh, what was it called during COVID when like every, the, the, when they had, they had the camp and buoy, the extent, um, what was it? Wh- whatever it was, but him and I met up, uh, Oh, the, up uh, and, taxi, the taxi squad site. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It was like him and like Eshelman and a couple of those yeah. other guys. So, Met up with him. Yeah, they're and big we did card some, guys. Yeah, we we did some card trading in the parking lot from a, a safe, you know, safe distance, and it was like in the heart oh, of yeah. COVID. And he was like, "I can't find any cards yeah. up here." And I was like, "I got you. I'll come up and meet you." So, I think I think it's yeah, all right there you to go. Say, say that now. Um, another yeah, right. Uh, another another video that that went viral, which is like just um, a couple of days ago, is is Frozen the best Disney Pixar soundtrack to work out to, or w- w- what is it? I tell you what, so that kind of came about because my my trainer's daughter 
we, me and my buddy, we, we worked out later in the day. So we never really actually see her. He had to pick her up from daycare. Um, and she never says a word to us, like scared to death of us. She's like four, I think. And I was saying her name and I was like, Hey, come, come over here. And then he was like, come on, come like, hurry up, come over here. And, uh, I was like, what, what do you want to listen to? Like, what's your favorite Disney plus movie or Disney movie? And she said, uh, I honestly think she said Moana or maybe the, is that the new one in, in, in Cantu? In, in Kanto was like, that was new, like probably this time last year. Yeah. Okay. So I hadn't seen that one, but then I was like, okay, let's put some Moana on. And she was loving it singing with us actually talking to us so i was like okay let's keep it rolling let's let's put frozen on and you know i there's always, i think there's let it go obviously is a good one and then i like uh how far i'll go in moana mm -hmm. those two those Mo two Mo i'll just put on in the car and just belts a little bit moana has bangers like the song with the rock is is oh yeah, fire yeah, yeah. song oh yeah he's he raps in a little bit kind of not really not like his viral rap he had and Tonto is a great soundtrack too i it's one one watch of Encanto and you'll be like nodding your head and, and singing about Bruno. It, it'll it'll be good. Okay. So I you got to put that one on. Uh, put that. I might have to for uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, I might have to do that. That's a good call. Disney Plus, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff. I log in for first time the other day, and they've added so much stuff on there. It's one of the, it's one of the better streaming sites, I think. Yeah, I can't I'm, say I think really I'm about the my spring training show. My is probably going to be Bad Batch. I don't know if y'all are Star Wars guys. Oh no. Mm. Yeah. That's not quite. That's all right. Whatever. We have it's all right. I'm a Jurassic. We have our differences. Guy. So um, <laughs> you spent a little bit of time here. Oh, his oh, his mic went out. Hold on, Brian. It does this a decent amount of time. He'll be back in a minute. That's all right. I think I know so where far. he's going. I think I know where he's going. Do we lose him? I'll take it over. Um, so again, like you've been in the Baltimore area, I, I you know, Aberdeen, not not too far. Um, have you been able to go out and experience, you know, again, like we talked about a little before, but um, there he is. Rest. There we go. We're back. Do you want to take it? It's kind of filibustering. I have no idea where I even like started. Uh, you said, I, so you've I, been I in the air. And then it cut off. Yeah, I heard. Have you been in the area? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've been in the area a little bit. Aberdeen, Baltimore area, Norfolk is kind of a ways, but you know, somewhat close. What's the best food you've had up here? Yeah, I would have to say I think a couple times during the off day, one of the early ones, uh, we met. You know, I, I like Jimmy's a lot. I know that y'all do a lot of stuff with Jimmy's, but Jimmy's. Uh, this is not not a what is it? What's the term like? Not sponsored, but it might be sponsored. But you know, I love Jimmy's. Jimmy's is good. <laughs> you know, they get their crab cake egg rolls are oh, yeah. uh, so good. are really good. They're uh, crab. I like their crab topped uh, pretzels too. And uh, I believe what what is it? What do they call it? The the big big crab cake they sell. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a pound crab cake. Just like a colossal or like the jumbo lump or yeah, like that. And I don't eat. I never had crab before I got drafted. I, I never ate it. And then I, I tried that, and I was like, you know what? I could eat this. And so uh, I enjoyed it a lot. So I'd say that what's, Jimmy's is uh, up there. What's the cuisine in Houston? It's it's more Tex-Mex. Like Tex-Mex is there. Barbecue. There's a bit of a 
almost like a Louisiana influence too, is like gumbo a little bit, or am I wrong? Yeah, on you that? know, I'd I'd say Houston and or I'd say in depends where you are in Texas, honestly. Texas is so big that you know, if you're more inland, if you're more inland, it's a lot of barbecue, not as much uh seafood, but if you're close to Houston, you get barbecue seafood, Tex Mex, you know, there's pretty much anything you want. Um, you know, then you go south, it's a lot more seafood. So I mean, I eat Tex Mex probably three three times a week at, at least. <laughs> so uh I was thinking about the other day, I was like, dude, when I go when I go up to the northeast, like I don't know how I go long go that long without it. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know you, the go to spot. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Norfolk. I don't know the landscape in Norfolk. Um, but again, Baltimore. I mean, yeah. you, you'll have plenty of you'll have some good pickings here. I'll try to say when, whenever I was in Bowie, we uh, well, obviously, Green Turtle, Aberdeen. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been there. You got to hit that up. <laughs> yeah, you know that's yeah. that's the late night spot. Uh, <laughs> I never had Green Turtle either before that, so. Ocean uh, City Classic, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then Bowie, we go over to Annapolis, on a which I think and Annapolis is awesome. I I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's a cool area right there on the water. Um, but I don't remember what the place we eat, ate at over there. I'm blanking completely. It was right there on the water, seafood, Pussers, Pus- yeah. I've been to Pussers, um. It's a new place. I don't know if it's a new place, but I'm blanking on the name. Uh, is it upscale? It's like kind of upscale. There's like a, a, a there's like a rooftop as well as well. Chop tank. Chop tank. Yeah, right. Chop tank. Yeah, I thought chop tank was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they got one here in Baltimore too, actually. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, I love Iron Rooster. Oh, there. Yeah, pop tarts yeah. are fire. Good breakfast. Um, I I met with uh, I when I was in Bowie, I drove up during uh when baltimore had a, a day off and met with i met up with stowers we went ate at the blue moon cafe blue moon. yeah that's another popular one yeah 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 that place was good um i really haven't got to explore much of the cuisine in in baltimore though like have y'all got any good spots i mean, I mean a bunch of those places you just named i just want to say the iron rooster the the chili the brisket chili is unbelievable oh i, I don't know okay. think of that yeah, i've only had breakfast there when I was on my chili kick last year, that was like the the top. It was like that's the one I kept going back to. Oh, I had no idea they even had chili. I didn't know they is it more than I might get some some hate for this, but is it more than a breakfast place? Uh that's probably their their sweet spot, but okay. it is it they do beyond breakfast. But yeah, yeah. I would say I mean, it's kinda like kind of like friendlies or something. Like it's <laughs> that's when they're at their best. Yeah, I try to Make sure I know what I'm talking about before I say it. Like when I pronounce boots uh, at one time, I got some some hate for that. So uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get you linked up with uh with the Iron Rooster people. They're 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 good peoples over there. Um yeah, no, no, it's really good. They're they're uh toasters. What are they? The pop tarts. Yeah, there's like too much sugar, but they're really good. You'll you'll you will not have an issue if you got to put on some pounds in Baltimore. Like you'll you'll be able to get some 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 good food anywhere. Anything you're looking for. Um, re- real quick, we'll we'll ask a couple more and then we'll get out of here. Um, Michael Elias came out with some quotes the other day. Again, I forget who he was talking to, but he mentioned Grayson. You know how he kind of expected Grayson to break camp with you know the starting rotation. 
And then again, I don't know the context, but it seemed like he kind of brought you up and was like, you know, we fully expect to see Colton Kowser this year make his major league debut. Um, I mean, what is that? What is that like again when you're kind of just sitting at home and, and I'm sure you got your phone's probably blowing up, you know, notifications, probably people texting you, stuff like that. Um, what does something like that mean again, coming from your GM, you know, just putting all kind of all his confidence right there behind you? Yeah, well, I, I'll say I'm flattered that you think I'm I'm getting that kind of love, but uh, <laughs> I really was. I didn't even know it was a, a you know talked about until I think I opened up Twitter and I may have been tagged in it or you know honestly I, I feel like you may have quote tweeted it and I was like oh this is a cool quote um, <laughs> but uh, yeah you know I, I think it's awesome um, you know just see that kind of faith and in, in me and then you know it's what they kind of drafted me to do and I think that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about it too much going into the year, going into spring training, and uh, I'm just going to go out there and, you know, play, play baseball, have fun, and, uh, you know, just to kind of take care of my business. And I think that, you know, the other stuff's going to follow. And, you know, you can't really put too much pressure on yourself in this type of certain situation. Love that. Love that. Um, and then I'll, I'll get out of here with my last one. Um, and I'm going to steal this from Adley's Reddit AMA, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Would you rather okay. fight – one Gunnar Henderson size tarantula or 30 tarantula size Gunnar Hendersons. Okay. So one Gunnar size tarantula or 30 tarantula size Gunners. Yeah. Um, 30 Gunner size tarantulas. I, I was going to say it's, it's the easiest question in the world. Yeah, I, I had to reword it in my head to slow it down a little bit. But uh, what, what's the yeah. number at which that that answer changes? Like, how many could you question. take on before you you go the other way with it? We're talking well, all right. I'm so like a hundred, like a hundred tarantula sized gunners. You want to do that? I mean, like in the release all at once. Is yeah, it like all, or is it like Call of Duty zombies and it's like a wave? All at once, like Call of Duty zombies. Yeah, like they're just coming and coming. You you have one baseball bat, like a wooden bat. Which you don't and probably like they're, just, really need. they're dropped in the room that I'm in. You were in, we'll say you're in like a 12 by 12 room. They're just dropped in. Ooh, I'm trying to picture how that big that is. Um, a <laughs> hundred's a lot, but like one gunner size tarantula is massive. It's massive. He's a big dude. And well, I'll have to ask this is does he have gunner's attributes? Like is he, is he pretty quick, you know, pretty agile or, you know, yeah, I mean, I I, I I think again, I I think you got to give him all the the characteristics that Gunner has. So yeah, I, again, like, is he, I, like they one of those MLB it, show cards that's just juice. Yes, yes, it's a is juice. That what it is like yeah, it's like a juiced Gunner tarantula card. I I'd, I'm still taking the mini tarantulas regardless. I think I know they could probably swarm me, but or wait, they're they're just Gunners. <laughs> they're, they're right? mini Gunners. <laughs> Oh, I'm picturing yeah. tarantula. So was oh, yeah, I, actually, I, I don't know what yeah, changes. Yeah, I was yeah. I was picturing them as tarantulas oh, too. But... So they're like little bobbleheads. Yeah, but yeah, basically yeah. like, like Gunner Henderson bobblehead giveaways. It's a kind of like you probably don't remember Small Soldiers the movie. It's something like that. Are they? Yeah. So are they armed with anything? Um, Good question. We'll say like he's in the on deck circle with like you know donut on his bat, stuff like that. Like he's just he's just getting ready to go to bat. Yeah, the, specific. Yeah, because if you scale that down, I mean, it's probably feeling like a. I'm trying to think, like, 
Maybe a roll of pennies. I don't yeah. know. That's too heavy, probably still. I don't. Yeah. Sorry, I, that I, was a weird. A weird no, comparison. no, it's perfect. He's <laughs> got it's, some it's, serious bat speed. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's the breakdown. So I guess to answer want. the question, I'd say the number that I would feel overwhelmed with, it'd probably be around a hundred. Okay. But then again, <laughs> you got to think about ten lined up, and then it's just like a ten by ten square of bobbleheads. That's not a lot. I think you could punt them to the moon if you wanted. Like step on them. Yeah, punt them. I, honestly, it'd probably have to be a thousand. Yeah, that's yeah. Ooh, I think it's more. I think that's, that's so that's accurate. <laughs> okay, but you got to think about the square footage that they would cover. So you got to think, what are they three by three probably at the most? So then I, that's think about 30, how many thirty inches by thirty inches. That's only a hundred. Stop. You just take a that, stop approach you just jump up and down and that's you're clear you're good. Clearing that's, about. A, that's 100 yeah. gone so if you got a thousand sorry we're taking this to an older level <laughs> but i'm just breaking it down by math like 30 inches by 30 inches isn't even three feet that's two and a half feet i'm just thinking of you doing like a cannonball or like a belly flop and just taking out so many right there oh, yeah, did you get you back up though that's the problem I, th- okay, I think I think you'll be all right. I think you I think you'd be all right. The yeah. the question they asked Adley was was thirty um Cedric Mullins sized tarantulas. Which again, I, I think it's kind of similar to Gunner, but that's even smaller. That, yeah, but I don't think that really changes the answer though. All right, what if we what if we crank this up <laughs> to duck size? Oh, okay. How many duck sized gunners? Because I think that's a that's a more traditional question. It's like Duck sized horses or horse sized ducks. I think that's I, like I think you're better off with the ducks because you can think about how far you could do that. You could kick a duck. You could send a gunner. Okay. But then you gotta but think many, about think about a duck the size of gunner. Thing yeah, is, so what's thing just that's like an ostrich. dozen, maybe? It's an ostrich. Yeah. We are getting so deep into this. I didn't think it was going to go this deep, but I love it. Well, no, you, you asked someone who go, likes to go down tunnels, and that was I went down there. I mean, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna like randomly tweet you just throughout the like season and just be like, "Would you rather this or this?" And just like it'll be like 11:30 at night. Would you rather? I know we're we're probably going over on time, but hey, I mean, uh, I'm thinking another. Would you rather? Some of the but, good old uh, the good old KFC radio ones. I'm trying to think of some of those. Would you rather walk around with a wet sock, one wet sock the rest of your life, or um, one rollerblade on your right foot for the rest of your life? Rollerblade, because my feet get really pruny. <laughs> Just a little fun fact. I mean, if I'm in a pool for like Question. 20 minutes, I mean. But if I have a rollerblade, I can get around way easier. But then well, again, yeah. I can play baseball. <laughs> it's true. Or you would be faster. Ooh. Yeah, there's more to life though. Um, <laughs> like rollerblading. I'm I'm gonna like. I would have to be. Good I would have to be. I'd have to be in the Olympics for something if I had a rollerblade foot. You could maneuver in a way that you could probably make most of baseball work. I don't know how you pivot. Now it's you your lead see. foot though. Well, which is there foot any is way it? you could get that right, front foot down? You could pick pick your foot. Pick your own foot. If you're you're left-handed hitter, I mean, I'd rather have it on my right foot because I can just no stride and kind of yeah, I step with it. Box. 
I'll, yeah, I'll step with it. But then also you can't have it on your left foot because whenever you're on doing base running, if you have a rollerblade on your, well, do they push off like that in figure skating? <laughs> we're on to something here. I think we're on to something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, Good question. I, the, you're, you're going to have a tough time throwing though, I think. It's on my right foot. I throw right-handed though. Okay. All right. <laughs> that could yeah. work. We're we're we're, we're on to something here for sure. I think it's plausible, but the wet sock would drive me crazy. All right. Well, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely come up with some other ones. Maybe well, next time we have you on, it'll it won't be an interview. It'll just be like, would you rather? And we'll just run no, and we'll perfect. just run and through. Honestly, them. one thing I don't know what the fans would think about this, but I was thinking about. You know, I need to start tweeting more, I think. And I was going to start doing like a, you know, name is pending on. I was going to start tweeting like every Thursday. I was going to do like a, like a, it's going to, I was going to call it the Cow, a Cowser Chronicle. <laughs> and it was going to be not like conspiracy theories, but like, have you ever thought about like, like things, you know, like, like do like, my buddy said this one the other day. I thought it's okay. Do, do acne, like, you know, washes and stuff like that. Does it actually make you break out a little bit more when you start using it and then clear it up to make it seem like it's working? That's like chapstick. People say that once, if you ever start using chapstick, it just makes you more chapped and it just starts the starts the cycle. I don't agree so with saying, that. I don't agree. There's so but many I, out there. That's Jerry Seinfeld and shaving your chest. Yeah. Or like the shaving one. That one actually, you know, th these are just things I think about. I have so many thoughts in my head that I feel like I could tweet it out and it would start great conversations, but I just haven't, you know, broke the barrier of actually tweeting one yet. Maybe I'll start putting them in my drafts and just start shooting them out. Fire them away. Fire them away. Like before you go to bed and then you can just wake up and read all the replies. Yeah. This is it. It's creed thoughts. That's what this is. It's creed Ooh. thoughts. You have a tough time going to bed once you put it out there and you're like curious what people are saying and then you start reading them and then you're just up all night. It's yeah. another good point. It's maybe not going to stop your thoughts. Maybe I could schedule it. For like right when I wake up or just pr just send it out right when I wake up and not open Twitter for the rest of the day. I was going to say that. Yeah, that or like after you're done the game or whatever. Then just go and schedule for 655, 7 o'clock, schedule it so it sends. And then you go play the game and you come back to the tweets. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll do that. I'm going to start putting them in my notes though. Yeah, you got you got to load the drafts. That my, my drafts are just loaded with stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, again... I don't. We don't want to hold you any longer because again, we could go down this this what would you rather rabbit hole for a while. Um, yeah, we're definitely all excited to to watch you in Norfolk and again, knock on wood. Hopefully, Baltimore this year. Um, I think people are definitely again pumped for the team. Um, again, I mean, Norfolk's been a hell of a team to watch in Bowie the last couple of years too. Again, like you said, the murderers row down there. So um, it's very reassuring. You know, again, all the words that you guys have been saying, and and I think you're gonna this interview is gonna have people pumped and. Like you said, I, I think uh, I, I think in a couple months, hopefully we're uh, we're getting our first glimpse at at you in Baltimore, and uh, we'll have to catch back up with you guys. Uh, you then? Yeah, I really appreciate y'all having me. Sorry, I got a little uh, long winded there, but you know, I no, had it, an awesome it, it time. Truly, truly was our pleasure. It was, no, yeah, so it was perfect. Yeah, sounds good. I appreciate y'all having me. Back to you in the studio. Trust, trust. 
Back here on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. Thanks once again for Colton Kowser for jumping on the show. And I mean, I can only speak to the fact that I'm sure it was a fantastic interview. I'm sure you had great things to say. You guys or me asked great questions and I hope everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> so I know that's, I certainly did. that's all. That's that's really all you can say. Um, you know, what what a guy. What a guy. Some really good he stuff. Is, to say. Know, I think it's the thing. we we talked about. I feel like we've talked about a ton of the Orioles prospects um, over the course of the length of how long this podcast been on. Um, Ed Adley has been the headliner of that. What Gunnar Henderson has done has brought him into the forefront, and it's just funny that they have a guy like Hauser, a former first round pick, that is almost just not talked about he's their fourth ranked prospect he's definitely I mean, he's talked about he's 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 out there he's gonna make an impact but in terms of like you know now with jackson holiday getting up whatever i'll pick he jumps in the prospect ranking so cows are since it for be pipeline he's gonna be a big part of this team going forward and a lot of the guys we talked about are infielders he's gonna be an outfielder that has a pretty you know quick path if he can produce at the triple a level to probably contribute to the big league club this year what do you what are your sort of thoughts on his what he could do for the, you know, at Camden Yards this year, RDT. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, Elias said the other day, like out of nowhere, I was like, yeah, I expect Colton Kowser to make his major league debut this year, which is awesome. I mean, he he's he's a very intriguing prospect. And like you said, he's kind of one of those, I don't want to say forgotten, because again, he was a number five pick. He it's not like he's a you know, he he's playing, he's playing very well. He had a kind of a slow start, but um, I'm I'm looking at his clips right now, like uh, 341 in Bowie got on pace, got on base at a 469 clip. Like he, he was playing very well. Um, he's just he's he's fun. Like he's a very fun player. And again, he was also kind of one of those like I think people were not mad when when he got picked at five. Um, people just didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. You know, Sam Houston State is not exactly you know UCLA or Tennessee or anything like that. But like he's a damn good he's a damn good baseball player. Um, I think he fits in very well, and I, I'm excited to watch him because again, I haven't seen much of him. Like I, I'll, I'll admit it. Um, I, I'm very excited, and I know people are mad today, which is Monday, uh, the day before we interview him, and I'm sure I'll get into it with him. But Keith Law left him off his uh, top 100 list, so Keith Law is back on the Orioles fans shit list. Um, he <laughs> left Colton Cowser off, so you know, I'm sure Buster will have something to say about it, and we'll we'll start this cycle again. But yeah, I, I'm very excited. Um. Just to kind of pay attention, because again, we've been paying attention to Adley and Grayson and DL and Gunner, and now it's like, hey guys, there's another, there's a former top five pick from two years ago who's like clawing at the door to get in. And again, it sucks because the Orioles have a, they they have some good outfielders, they have Mullins, they have you know Hayes, they have Santander, they have these guys, but it's like he's going to be a guy that you have to find a spot for. Um, so again, whether you're you're DHing you know, Hayes or Santander or something like that. He's going to find his way into the outfield this year. Um, and I, I just, I like, I like to think of him as like a, like a Marcakis kind of guy. It's like, he just seems like a very quiet, like he's just going to show up. He's going to hit, you know, he has some power and he's going to play really good defense. And I think if anyone was like, Hey, by the way, this guy's going to be Nick Marcakis 2.0. I think you take that in a heartbeat. I, I absolutely. Oh my God. Do you take that? Yeah. Uh, 280 to 290, you know, maybe flirt with 300. 20 to 23 bombs maybe and again i'll play gold glove caliber defense like yeah uh sign me up he um as you said came from sam houston state so a mid-major 
But baseball's, and we've talked about this before, baseball is one of those sports where you have some of these programs that are at technically mid-major conference level that have insane amounts of talent. You know, you talked about Connor Norby earlier, you know, came out of East Carolina. You know, some of those programs produce really, really good players. And Sam Houston's a place that has guys just like rake. Just have they have absolute ball players down there. So it's no shock that they were going to have start to produce guys that got picked at this level. And and Kowser becomes that guy. And and you know, it, it you just it's so I'm looking at the Orioles top prospect list, it's just almost an embarrassment of riches at this point. Like the Hall, who they just did an entire freaking you know, mini awesome. movie about is the awesome sixth ranked problem. prospect. Like, like you know, Colby Mayo got a lot of people excited about his seventh. Norby, who you talked about, is eleventh. Keshin Kershad was a top five pick. He's ninth. He's two. Like there's, there's yeah, second overall. There's just so much talent there. And you you talked about Kowser a little bit. You know, had a lot of success at Bowie. Struggled a little bit at Norfolk, but that's fine. I mean, that's a little transition situation there. So you'd think he's going to start at that level. And as you know, Michael Elias hinted at, if he flourishes there, you know, there's outfield time to be had and he's a guy that could come up and and maybe you know play a lot this year who knows who knows i i don't know the particulars on his like service time and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. off the top of my head but um you know as they try to push to be more competitive could see a lot of him and and that's exciting it's just so exciting that they have all of these guys you know ortiz is 16th and everyone loves joey ortiz he's 16th i don't know if you guys um, remember but when i we when we had grayson on the first time i think we asked like who is one of the guys that's not the one of the top guys that everyone talks about that you're excited for and he said joey ortiz and again that was two years ago um that was the year that i think he got shut down with a shoulder injury and like he came back this year and he was bad at hit he was bad with the with with the bat and then he got healthy and he just turned it on there are people who were like, this guy is unbelievable on defense. And they were like, whatever else he can give you on, on offense is just like a plus. But they were like, his his glove is major league ready right now. Like, and again, if he can hit like he hit last year, it's going to be, I mean, he's going to be very, very fun to watch. So again, he wasn't even a guy I mentioned. And it's just, like you said, embarrassment of riches. Like, like we said it, it's, it's going to be a very fun summer. I think like start start getting excited and it's, it's, it's going to be very fun. There, there are guys and dudes on this that are going to be on this team. Just studs everywhere. I think I'm just excited by the slew of debuts that are just going to seem to be flowing out consistently, kind of like last year too. Mm -hmm. And they're potentially bigger names in some ways. So like solidify Grayson in there in April. Like, Hey, we're ready for that. Everybody's pumped up for that, but there's guys coming behind him. Like there's going to be kind of a wave of it. And by year end, like, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different baseball team than when we start. So, Hey, we could kind of tread water at the start. Who knows if we're not out of the gates hot. Like look at the way that things changed from May 24th on last year. Like it's just, I think that, um, just like things could change like as the months go on and like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's exciting to think about. No, I mean, I, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's going to be a different team. Again, the team that we see on opening day is not going to be, I don't think close to the team that we're going to see in September, you know, hopefully fighting for a playoff spot. And it's a good thing. It's not like it's in the years past where you're like, Oh, this guy's going to be traded. That guy's going to be traded. This guy's going to be traded. It's like, no, these are they're Again, they're just, they're the, I've said it before, but like I, I envision like if 
you've ever been to like a fish hatchery where they ra- they throw these little baby fish in all these ponds and raise them up to be big and fat, and then you go and just catch them. That's what the Orioles have been doing. They've just been stocking these ponds full of these baby, you know, little little bass and trout, and now they're ready to be caught and and they're ready to be you know come up to the big league. So it's it's exciting. It's it's no no other no other way to say it. It's just a very exciting time. I don't think there's any really any reason. We get John Means back at some point after, too. After that analogy, yeah, John Means. That's a great point. That's a great point. Like that's that probably will, not that a will also day, be awesome. but that'll be a nice early trade deadline question. You know, gonna, however you want to frame it, and we'll, say and we'll build him up as the year goes on. You know, mm-hmm. he went to the he went to the vet. Now they're going to throw him back in the pond because they fixed him up and now he can swim again. Yep. So just yeah, continue it on. Uh, very excited about the Orioles and um, Colton Cowser is going to be involved in a lot of excitement. Let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. You can get twenty percent off your Fed Thrill sunglasses using the promo code Exit Fifty Two. No better time to buy sunglasses. It's gonna get warmer and the sun's gonna come out more, and you're gonna need sunglasses. So buy them. I think that's a pretty simple pitch. Many different styles, including ones that are personalized to this area, which is great. You can sport for you know, you, what do you what do you what shades are you wearing on opening day? I think it's time to start thinking about that. You know, it's about to be February. Start thinking about what your opening day looks going to look like, and you could use some federal sunglasses. In honor of um, the Cincinnati Bengals um, and the really the variety of complaining and whining that's going on in sports right now, we are going to pick uh, the biggest whiners biggest complainers um that we can think of i think we had this in sports right i only had this in sports i did not go outside yeah. of this so should yeah, we keep this sports wise i did sports okay we'll do it in sports maybe eventually it'll go outside of sports um i had i didn't even think about it outside of sports at this point so we'll do sports um i have the first pick banks has the second pick rdt has the third pick um starting five draft presented by fed thrill I this is not one where I wanted the first pick. Um, I feel like I went on a nice run of having ones where I wanted the first pick. We are back to me not wanting the first pick. And I think I'm going to take a guy that I need to get before Banks gets him. I don't think this guy gets back around to me. And I'm taking Patrick Reed with the number overall pick of the draft. That's who I'm going to take. Absolute clown. He's in the he's in the I think there's a lot of golfers that could be taking this draft. But I think Mr. Reed is topical right now, so I'm going to take him. He threw the tee just violently at Rory McIlroy in Dubai over the weekend. He has vicious either himself or his handler or his wife running an account called like <laughs> what's it like Golf Facts Spider Man meme on that. <laughs> yeah, um, like going and complaining to people on Twitter. He complains all the time. He's suing like everybody in the world. He's suing the PGA tour. He's suing CNN. He's suing players. He's sending subpoenas. He's at what the hell he's doing. He's doing all these different things. And he's a clown. And the craziest part is, and I think we texted about this a little bit, Banks in our golf group chat. I think this was with you, or maybe it was, I mean, it was another group chat. I can't remember. He was like a made man after the Ryder cup a few years ago, like captain America, you know, mm-hmm. speaking of Rory, like stared Rory down and beat him, you know, match play savant, won the masters. Like everyone was like ready to like this guy who was clearly kind of an asshole, but you know, 
you know, was doing the, you know, the pump my chest out, bleed red, white, and blue thing. And now he's gone to live. Now he's not going to play in the Ryder Cup. I mean, I guess he could play in the Ryder Cup theoretically, but he won't make it. No, everybody hates him. Um, it's just a heck of a fall from grace. And he is a absolute whiner on the course. He's complaining to rules officials. I felt like the topicalness of him and the fact that he's a clown in his fall from grace. I will take Patrick Reed with the number one overall pick. What a, what a joke he is at this point. I facts. You made a, you made a very good case there. I didn't have him particularly high on my board. Cause I don't think of him as a whiner, you know, like that's not my connotation with him. I just think of him as sleazeball, just total dirt bag. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think if this is like, two years ago where it was just the like rules violations and the bizarre stuff. I wouldn't have even taken him, but since he went to live, all he's done is complained about everything. And so he has, he has gone from, he's absolute sleazeball. He has gone from not only a sleazeball to also an all-time complainer. And I just think the Twitter thing is funny. I think the fact that there's a burner account that everyone knows is his family's burner account that is complaining on his behalf is so it's, freaking good and so, tw- so it's one of my it's whatever just it's like not even hiding that it's so good and it's one of the few accounts that I have notifications for and it's <laughs> oh man it, it's Justine I mean I I think that that's not even a secret that it's Justine running that account and you can set your watch to when she's gonna show up like if the topics around. And it's you all facts in all caps. It's such a, it's so on brand. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so good. I, it's so good. It was, I would say that was 50% of the reason why I took this number one. I think that, that, that if this is an NFL player, this is like the lead story on first take every single day. Like it is so unbelievable that that is going on and it's been going on for like years now. It's so golf. What's like, what's the actual yeah. account called? Use golf facts. Use golf facts. <laughs> I, I even I because I had to, I cited it in a blog the other day. It's at USE lowercase. Then the G is capitalized in golf, but not OLF. They're not capitalized. And then the word facts is in all caps. Use <laughs> golf facts. So good. <laughs> it's such a good uh it's so like painfully on brand. It's it just builds Builds the legend that is whatever the hell that guy is. I mean, I I don't even know that he is that much of the whiner. Think that he's a puppet for his wife. She's the, she's and, and his team. Yeah, she's and the his team, yeah. she's the puppet master there. Mm-hmm. Is his brother? She's the, the team. She was the caddy. Uh it's it's her. Brother. Isn't his? It's her brother. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, estranged yeah, from his yeah, family. Yeah. He also I don't know just if he, has he also brother, but he's estranged from his family. He also just almost ran down McElroy in Dubai yesterday. <laughs> McElroy beat him. I mean, he's still good golf. It's so bizarre. The whole thing is so bizarre. Uh, Banks, you have the same. Yeah, pick. and the worst thing he did was probably. I was just gonna say, like, the worst thing he might have done was win the Masters. That's when, like, the narrative. It was like the Ken Bone thing. It's like. <laughs> Don't get famous or else people are going to start hearing about your skeletons. Everyone finds you. And so I think he was at the appropriate level of fame when he was just the Ryder Cup guy. And then when he won the master, like, wait, his family's an hour away at their home, not watching him because they haven't spoken in years. 
And then the whole story just goes from there. And that's when that's when people found out that he's just a total scumbag. Is, is he Anyways. the um was he the Imagine Dragons guy? Yes. Yeah, we're coming coming up 18. Jim this is much of a Faldo Nick Faldo thing as um as it is a read thing. I don't know why he clung to that, but it's funny. But by the um, way, my my, my my pick. Here we go. I was go gonna ahead. say my my dad was saying that you better watch out that you don't get sued for your blogs about Patrick Reed. I've accepted that there might be something <laughs> coming in the mail. That would be fantastic for content. <laughs> that that really would be. That would be great. It would be. You would have to frame that. The my, the only thing is, does it show up at uh, at Dave Portnoy's? Like, is uh, something going to serve Dave? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would be great. That would be even better. Blog, that'd be so funny. That would be very good. Yeah. Because he would say, "Who? What? What? Who the fuck is Banks?" Even what's though we've run before, but yeah, uh, um, he's down on Banks right now. It's a tough scene. Um, anyways. Uh, pick number two. I mean, this is, should have been number one easily. I guess LeBron James, LeBron James, the biggest whiner in sports history. Complete baby. What are you he talking about? Wind his way through, through that. I, I swear to God, the most bullshit sweep that's ever happened is whatever year they swept the wizards. They won every game by two or three points. And you watch the fourth quarter and there's just travels and crab dribbles galore <laughs> and charges that were just clear blocking fouls and just complete nonsense. He cried his way through that entire series, a series they swept. Um, so the scene for him on Friday night was just, just so hilarious on brand. And I mean, did he have a gripe? Probably, but did he also travel on the way to the rim? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to just pout and <laughs> fall on the floor. It's just, you it's just LeBron is just oh he was brutally assaulted ugh. thousands of people and nothing happened. Okay. So I thought about taking LeBron to one overall, and I just didn't want to do this song and dance with RDT, so I didn't take him. So I you could do it. There's no song. Yeah, RDT's gonna defend this guy. It's a song, yeah, it's a song and dance. They, I mean, no, he was like, no assaulted. Assault. I mean, assault. LeBron's a complaint. LeBron's a great player, transcendent athlete, good humanitarian. A lot of good things about him. He's a bit of a whiner at times, for sure. I like LeBron. LeBron doesn't really bother. Very nice. He's a whiner, but he just he's and it's all high profile because everyone hangs on everywhere he says, as they should. He's you know as big as they come. Um. Yeah, Bron Bron, RDT got two. Bron Bron. Uh, I'm going Tom Brady. I'm going again. Another guy that everyone hangs on every. Kwame. Every every thing he says, everything he does on the field. Um, he, uh, you know, like anyone else that's going to be on this list, he whines a lot. He looks to the ref. It's a lot of looking to the ref. It's a lot of. And and again, like, I mean, like we've said, everyone does it. Every player does it. Every 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 quarterback does it. Every every basketball player does it. But it's just when it's guys like LeBron and it's Brady, everything that they do is magnified. So again, when Brady's doing it, you know, when they're down thirty to the Cowboys on a Monday night in the playoffs, it's like everybody sees it, and everyone makes fun of it. Um, but again, he does 
cry a lot, whine a lot, complain a lot. It's, it's, you know, and again, he has I, that power. I will say, I feel like he's, he's cleaned it up a little bit in his later years. Yeah. I mean, early on, it was a lot. I mean, there was, you know, it's, it's, a, it's all the play clock and it's, it's, you know, pushing it back up. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's the everything. play clock reset is ridiculous. Yeah. Quarter quarterbacks love that. There's nothing quarterbacks love more than, than hitting one of these. It's, it's a veteran move. Oh yeah. hundred percent because it buys you a couple extra seconds. You know, you can, you can, it, yeah, it's a, it's a total veteran move. Um, but again, I mean, I think Brady's up there with, so with again, the LeBrons and some of the other goats of crying, whining, complaining. Um, so I'll take Brady with my first one and I'll, I'll go another one again. That's near and dear to all of our heart. Coach K you talk about when something doesn't mm-hmm. go this guy's way. It's, it's lecture time. It's it's you know I I I was giving him a lesson about being a man. This is bigger than basketball. It's about you know learning to win gracefully. And didn't, weren't we talking about that? Was that Dylan Brooks, the in the the tournament? We talked about Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's it's again. It's always something. <laughs> I cannot believe he called this shit a sharp pedestrian. I just yeah, have to say that one more time. Uh, <laughs> Again, I mean, I, I think Coach K is he's he's up there with with some of the other uh, college coaches, and and something doesn't go his way, he you know he whines, he cries, and and but he does it in like this like profound way where he's like a grandfather explaining something, but you're like, no, dude, you're just you're just bitching about a foul call, you know that that didn't go your way or something like that. So this because this could also just be like the easy easy to hate draft, you know. I was thinking, yeah. Um, Banks. I guess given that comment, I'm going to change my my strategy a little bit because you're absolutely right. It's just like the guys people hate and stuff. Um, I'm going to take a guy that I like, but he, uh, in particular, one episode, which I, you know, huge, huge stage. I get it. I'm going to take Jim Harbaugh. He's a big, big liner, and the fit he threw, I mean, it's a Super Bowl deciding play for the pass interference mm-hmm. in Super Bowl. I get it. I get it. That's always the difference I've seen between John and Jim is is John is just a little more collected, and Jim, he, he just unravels a little bit more. He's just a little more psycho, and uh, he can throw some real sideline fits. I feel like it's very easy and to it's get more under whiny Jim's than team. it is angry. Yeah, like like a Belichick will will rip into a referee and give him his mind, but it's not it's not a whine. Jim is more likely to whine, or at least when he when he's when he was an NFL coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I'm a little all over the place here with this. I, I so the three you guys took from two. Before I was hoping one or two of those would get down to me. Um, I'm just gonna kind of just roll it here. I'm gonna. T- I like this guy, but I think he's the epitome of a whiner in the field of play. I'm taking Nick Kyrgios. Mm. I mean, that dude <laughs> whines literally more than anybody. Um, and most of it is at his own team, and he just abuses them verbally throughout tennis matches. And he's very entertaining to watch. So I don't dislike him. I like him. But there has there really I haven't seen anyone complain bell to bell in the sport that they do really much like that guy, so I I feel like I have to get him on my on my squad here. Um, 
So I'll take Kyrgios, uh, who unfortunately didn't play in Australia, got hurt, which stinks. He's, I mean, he makes tennis more fun. And then after Mr. Kyrgios, I am, I'm going to just take a classic. I'm going to take Tia. I'm going to take Terrell Owens. Complained his entire career. Pretty much everything continues to complain. Kind of rightfully so about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he's complained. He, Complains after his career. I actually kind of agreed with everything he said about that, but he was still complaining. So I'm going to take T.O. I'm my quarterback. I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree with with you and T.O. on the on the Hall of Fame thing. I'm good for him for like standing up to it too. That's it's bullshit. But yeah, but still, the reason he's in that spot is because he complained and was a jerk his entire career. So shouldn't be that way, but that's where he is. So I'm going to get T.O. All the antics, you know. Involved, you know, the, the there will never be anything like the press conference from his from his driveway. driveway that was one of the great moments in sports history. Doing sit ups, no complainer. Uh, Banks, I guess I got him because he's just, I just don't see him getting back. I'm I'm taking Sidney Crosby. Um, oh that just seems seems like a given. Um, yeah, I mean, even what what last week when they beat it when the Cavs beat the Pens. I think he was still skating off and chirping and whining mm-hmm. about something. Um, yeah, he's just notorious for it. And I think he got clowned a lot when he was a young player. I mean, he came to the league so young, had so much hype around him, was obviously a great player. Um, <clears throat> but a lot. I think he lost – it took him longer to gain respect from a lot of veterans because he, he acted – he kind of acted entitled with referees and stuff, which is – like, hey, you're kind of like the chosen one, big hyped phenom and everything, and you're playing well, and you know you're trying to to make your case or whatever, and you feel entitled to certain things. But I think um, some NHL players want to see him earn his keep a little bit more, and so he got the reputation he did, and you know, rightfully so. I mean, he he's a whiner. You remember that clip from the twenty four seven when it was Caps Penguins, and it's him like, oh yeah. Bitch into the ref and his, his voice cracks. Come on. <laughs> like that's that's where it was like stamped for me. Like, oh yeah, this guy's a fucking baby. So that's a good pick. Yeah. Good pick. Confirmed. Um, is it me now? Yeah, you get to. Taylor, this is gonna cut you deep. I I gotta take your boy Booney. It's it's every fucking week. Oh, whatever. It's, it's every week he's on. He, he's <laughs> on. I want to say baseball tonight, but it's not. But he's on, you know, MLB Network or he's on something. And he's bitching and complaining about like, well, the strike zone for judge. And, you know, my guys are fucking savages in the box and blah, blah, blah. And he's just it's every goddamn week. He loves he loves nothing more to, than to, like, get his money's worth and, and get a get a good argument. And again, it's just like. Dude, just grow up. You you know, it, it, it's embarrassing. It's an awful look. He's just he, a complainer and cries and cries and cries about just everything. The dude sucks. He's an awful manager. Again, he would be Kinko's number one brand manager if he didn't hit one home run in October. Like, I think that is. Yeah, and get a grip. Statistically proven. Stop. Guy is a wonderful communicator who <laughs> defends his players. Oh, yeah. Defend these nuts. Just guy goes out and defend. Oh, stop with that. <laughs> Don't you do these nuts. He wishes he was half the manager Brandon Hyde is. We'll say that. 
I like Brandon Hyde. I'm not gonna. I'm not, you're not gonna give me to badmouth Brandon Hyde. You're gonna bull me into do that to me. You're not gonna do that. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. let that happen. <laughs> I like Brandon Hyde, and Booney is an excellent manager who continues to lead his team to the playoffs. And I'm a little bit upset that he. That that's he gets, that's what know, the Yankees trashed. go for now is making playoff appearances. Well, if they Man. would, if if Brian Cashman would Man. spend some money, with Brian finally he spent money on Judge. Instead, he's trying to do all these things. He's got he's got Steve Cohen just outspending him on the other side of the city. Go spend some money, Steinbrenners. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Yankee fans. Aaron Boone does. Aaron Boone does not have now. the Yankee. Let's, let's just let's just put it out here. Aaron Boone does not have the Yankee teams that Joe Torre had. Doesn't have George. Doesn't have George going out there and spending that spending that guap. Yeah, they didn't Joe, spend money this offseason. too. They finally did. Oh, when they finally had their, their you know the captain and they put the C on his chest. That guy. If they spent money for that guy, they haven't done that all the time. They haven't done that all the time. They're getting outspent. They're getting outspent, and Booney deserves better. I need someone to Photoshop, like, pinstripe Taylor pictures. I need, like, pictures of Taylor's face <laughs> on, like, Yan- Yankee fans. The crazy need, the I, crazy part is, is I, this was, this has been a shtick that um, <laughs> I've done, I've, I've done to annoy um, my good pal, Ben Kessler, I work with at Maryland, who's a enormous Yankee fan and lives and dies with everything, and I have concocted this Aaron Boone apologist um this Aaron Boone apologist persona and now I'm starting to like live it I mean I I, no, got, I, I get tell. so fired up when I have to defend them and it's very fun it's like very very fun um I, I use the line I I use the line to to Ben during the playoffs when they lost I was like there are only two teams that were closer to winning the World Series than the New York Yankees <laughs> he lost True. his mind absolutely lost his mind only two teams that got closer. True. The Yankees finished third. Bronze medal. Yeah. Group of losers. Next, next could win the gold. Anyways. Complainer. Um, yeah, my you take it at eleven or ten. Next whatever. one, uh, David Ortiz, another guy who mm-hmm. just complained when you know any ball that was a little off the plate. I mean, the perfect example was the 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 bat the the phone smashing in Baltimore. Like that whole at bat, if you go back and watch, was. A complete ump show, but for good reason because Ortiz was showing him up, and the guy just couldn't take a little bit of his own medicine and and blew up. And he just always seemed like a whiner and a complainer. So kind of bullshit that he was first ballot Hall of Fame too. But I guess if you take steroids and and you're nice to the media, you get in. But you're the best baseball player of all time, and you don't and and you you're not nice to the media, but you don't get in. So. We'll take Ortiz, just a just a, a magnificent, just just big baby, just a huge baby. Kevin Gregg. That was the first. That would that may have been the first fight where I was rooting for Ortiz. I did not like Kevin Gregg either. I wanted that was like two, <laughs> that fight with like two male walruses, like you ever see on like Planet Earth, just like two bodies like colliding with each other, and it was. Yeah, that was a lot of man. A lot of man. Thanks. Hmm. I'm going to take Sergio Garcia. Sure. Just, I don't know that it was a big enough story. It's just like the time a couple of years ago where he just absolutely a fit in a bunker and I think in Dubai where he was just swinging violently back and forth and just smashing all the sand out of it. Just an all time fit. 
Um, but this is who he is. Like he's done so many, so many incidents like this at the Wells Fargo at TPC Avenel last year, just chirping the rules officials saying, I don't have to listen to you soon. I'm leaving this tour. Everybody should have taken the money, whatever, blah, 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 blah. He's a whiner. He sucks. And he's, he's been a guy who's been like, apparently in locker rooms at all these joint events, he's just talking all this shit about the tour and, and, um, how everybody's idiot for not having taken the money and just, he's a douchebag. He's a whiner. He sucks. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, he's, he stinks. He's and Sergio, by the way, is a guy that if he doesn't win the masters, this is easy to say, but if he doesn't win the masters, he's just a historical, not get the most out of his talent guy, like an absolute loser. And if all Justin, if Justin Rose just beats him in that playoff, which J Rose, correct? Yep. Yep. I was getting on a plane that day. And they um, they radioed down on the Southwest flight and announced that Sergio won a plane. <laughs> was I our whole base? Rose had a lead with Omaha. a couple holes left, if I remember right. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, he never has gotten really in contention. So, yeah. Um, I have two here. Uh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna get. I think the guy that if you pulled America, who would historically be the biggest sports whiner. I'm gonna take John McEnroe, who I also like, but mm-hmm. I mean, he is the he is the poster child for this category like his, his like on espn they don't even show his tennis they just show the ranting to the chair umpire like there's just no there's just no highlights of the guy actually playing um and he's one of the best tennis players of all time so now great in the booth i i am entertained by john macker in the booth and i like him but um i he deserves to be taken in this draft and i'm gonna take him so um Oh man, who do I want to take with this last pick? Uh man. I have a kind of a list. Who do I have here? Taken, taken. Oh man, I don't know who to take. Uh oh. Uh I'll take I'll take Urban Meyer. Mm. Hmm. That's a good one. I'll take Urban Meyer. Yeah. Brutal sideline guy. Looked like he was like coming unglued physically and mentally when Malin was almost beat them a couple years ago. That was one of the weirder things I've ever seen. That gif is like an all time um, gif. The one of him just like not accountable for not accountable really for anything. So I'm going to take him. I'm going to take old Urban. Successful coach, complainer. Sort of in the coach came, coach K and Harbaugh um, spot. Uh, Banks, to finish your team. <clears throat> Just going to take every defensive back in the history of football. They've never, ever interfered with a, with a receiver. Never once. Yeah. So, simple as that. Sure. RDT? My, my last one? Yep. Yeah, there's some good ones still on here. Um... Man, oh, it sounded too. I'll go. I'll go. Um, I'll go. Draymond Green. I think that dude is like an yeah. undercover. He's he he's always. I mean, since his Michigan State days, I've never liked him. I think you know, we all have a reason to hate him. But, um, 
I think in the NBA, again, just like LeBron, any other NBA player is just, I mean, they all whine, they all complain, they all do the same thing. With him, it's just insane because, again, like he's never fouled anyone. He's like, he he prides himself as like a physical beast on the court, but then when he gets fouls, it's never him or, you know, he he, he does a really good like surprised face where he holds his hands up. So, he, he, again, another very easy to hate guy, I think, at least for me. Um, so we'll take Draymond to round out my my squad. There it is. Um, I took Patrick Reed, Nick Kyrgios, Terrell Owens, John McEnroe, and Urban Meyer. <laughs> what a dinner that would be. Um, Banks took LeBron. Speaking of good dinners, LeBron James, Jim Harbaugh, Sidney Crosby, Sergio Garcia, and every defensive back in the history of football would be coming to dinner there. And um, RBT takes Tom Brady, Coach K, um, Aaron Boone, David Ortiz, and Draymond Green. And you guys will be going to Buffalo Wild Wings to, to discuss. Um, I almost took I almost took some fan bases in this, like some SEC fan bases, some Big Ten fan bases, but it didn't really feel like in the spirit of the draft. Um, other honorable mentions: Dwight Howard was on yeah. my list. Yep, big complainer. Um, Banks's guy Ian Poulter was on my list. Pretty big complainer. I he I was stuck between him and Sergio. Is the whining about his him and Sergio's birthday is just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> There's a and there's a um, lot of tennis players that could be on this list too. Like Novak, I almost Novak, took, is a yeah. pretty big winer. Serena Williams is a pretty big winner at times. I almost yeah. took her. Um, and I mean, I I, more I respect it the hell out of from a te- yeah. I mean, golf. It's these individual but sports I, produces a lot. But I found that the it's like all live guys. Like Bubba Watson has some history with his caddy, like where he throw fits and wine. Um, Bryson DeChambeau. Also a whiner. Yeah, he's a whiner. Yeah, he probably should have got taken. Bryson, yeah. former so guest on the show. All, all live guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brooks is a Brooks is a whiner. A little bit of a whiner. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, live guy, not a whiner. Not, just no. goes about his he's not a no, he's not an anything game. guy. He's just a yeah. I mean, he I caught a real tough one there at Oakmont and he just powered right through it. Yeah. <clears throat> Any honorable um, mentions from you guys that I missed? Um, we could have gone with soccer players, like I, and just gone yeah. with some low hanging fruit there. I was going to say Ronaldo would probably be the pick. Credit to us for not making that joke. I can't take that. I also sure. was thinking about just taking Italian soccer players. So maybe a yeah. I mean, you could go any soccer. I mean, there's so much complaining that goes on during soccer. It's it's almost not. I mean, the dive stuff like becomes a joke for Americans, but you like sit out there and you watch. Like soccer players get so petulant at times; it's wild. And I love soccer and love soccer players. Yeah. Anything from you, RDT? Any honorable mentions? Yeah, I had uh, Paul Pierce, Travis yeah. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey a lot. I like him. I love Travis Kelsey, but he complains a lot. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers does a decent amount of complaining too. He does. Um, and it's more about like it's more like not even really against the referees. It's more like to his team. Like you see it all the time where he's like, you know, where he whines and he's doing the hand signals and stuff to his guys. Um, and then another one, Banks, I feel like you'll appreciate this. I feel like John Lackey was a very big complainer. Oh, I actually thought of him while we were drafting and I didn't write it down. Yeah. But yeah. He, I, I mean, I, I remember being at the game, the Orioles beat the Cardinals like, 16 to four and they hit like six home runs 
It was the the Bill um the Wild Bill Hagee cowboy hat game because they were just forty thousand cowboy hats in the outfield, and like Caleb Joseph hit a home run that was like two or three rows into left field, and he like compl- after the game again he got his fucking shit that. rocked, and all he did was like, oh, it's a Kim Yards home run. It's like, dude, you got fucking like raked over the coals, and that's what you're gonna focus on. And ever since then, and he was a Red Sox pitcher, so it's like, yeah. I mean, if it, if it's not a home run, it's definitely not an out. Yeah, at the very least, one hundred percent settle down. Yeah, he 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 used to always like. I don't remember him. I don't think he complained on the Angels. He probably did. We just didn't realize it. But, um, yeah, he always just irked me and and seemed like a big complainer. So that that was one of my like random honorable mention ones. Bryce Harper's probably worth mentioning here too. Yeah, you could say that. He's a, he's more of a, a rage guy, but yeah, he's whatever. a big, like the, the bat throw or the helmet toss or something like that. Mm-hmm. Good draft. Piece that together next week to hold us to this. We're doing siblings. We're doing best siblings. So excited about that. Excited about that. Um, in honor of the Kelsey's. All right, uh, Nick Cannon-Medley, Maryland, person of the week. I normally toss it to one of you guys. I will go first. I don't think I go first enough, so this week I've made it a point to go first. And it was a big weekend, and it was a big weekend because one of the greatest spectacles in all of sports entertainment was this weekend. That is the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is uh, the best WWE nights of the year. Um, I think it is the most accessible I think I sort of took this last week. It is the most accessible event for like non-wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm taking it is not because of the Rumble match, which were both very good. I thought the women's one and men's one both had solid endings and good winners. I am taking it because, and this is not going to really register with anybody that's not watching the wrestling product because it's a little deep. What they're doing, what WWE is doing right now with the Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn bloodline feud, which I'm sure means nothing to either of you, is ordering on like greatest five wrestling storylines of all time type of territory. The mm-hmm. stuff they did at the end of the Rumble with those guys in the post match was like some of the best. Like it was like I was watching like an award winning show. It was that type of like drama and storytelling. And I know that RDT's laughing at me because I'm talking no. about wrestling, but the. No, I'm just kidding. The the uh, it was just amazing, and I was so entertained by it. It, it. I've been a little out on the product for like a couple of years. I've been in fits and spurts with wrestling, even though I'm a huge fan of it. You just like life gets in the way. You don't get to watch the product week after week. It got me back into it. Like I was, I watched the first 20 minutes of Raw tonight, you know, on my phone as I just listening to it as I was driving, and then while I was making dinner before I jumped on with you guys, like. I'm back. It got me back in. It was so good. I love the Royal Rumble. I love hanging out with my friends for it. It was fantastic. So I had to give it again to the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble is it's always it's always entertaining. Again, like you join a pool and stuff like that. Um, but no, I mean, I there are some people I follow on Twitter who are still like huge wrestling fans, and all I saw like yesterday, Saturday night, and today were like I saw. I obviously know who Roman Reigns is. He retweeted me once. It's not a big deal. Um, I know who he is. What was the other guy? It started with an S. Sami Zayn. Saw that name a bunch. And then I saw Bloodline over and over. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I saw somebody say the exact same thing to you being like, this storyline is like an all-timer. Like we're in the midst of this and like nobody's really talking about it. Like this could be an all-time WWE storyline. 
And I was just like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's all I needed to know. So. It's very cool. I was, it was, I had a lot of good, a lot of fun things happen this weekend. That was at the top. Which, which Paul was it? Logan Paul or Jake Paul? That it was Logan Paul. And that was also amazing. That was ricochet when they jumped across the ring. Awesome. That was absolutely insane. Like that brought me back to like, I did start following a, um, a Twitter account called two thousands WWF. And it was just, I saw you retweet that. I need to follow that account. I was, I was scrolling when you retweeted the one I was scrolling back through it for a while. Yeah. And, and, and again, like the one I retweeted was the undertaker is the most two thousands, like uh sentence ever the undertaker coming out on his motorcycle to limp this gets rolling and i remember watching it being like, <laughs> this is fucking awesome and then i rewatched it and i was like this is just as cool today as i thought it was 23 years ago like it was it was so fucking cool like it's the undertaker the best and limp biscuit roll yeah yeah it's wrestling like a- brings everybody together uh rdt uh i'll take i think continue. I think we talked about it. Um, Darren O'Day retiring. 17-year career, undrafted. Um, I think he was a walk-on at Florida. Is that right, Brian? You may, I don't. I I don't know. I think he was a walk. I, I had heard that he had tried out, or like I read it somewhere. He tried out. He threw like 85, you know, overhand. And, the you know, they were like, this isn't going to work in the SEC. You can, if you can figure something out, come back to us. And that's how he ended up with the funky delivery. Because again, I mean, 80, you know. 85 86 from that angle is tough but 85 right over the top is not getting anyone out you know if you're at florida florida yeah and and again i mean the guy had an awesome career i think he was originally a rule five pick of the mets went to texas yeah and then i mean made his i mean he was that 12 to 16 and even a little bit after i mean he was legitimately one of the best relievers in baseball and he wasn't even the best reliever in his bullpen most of the time. You know, I mean, he got out of some jams in 2014, 2012. I mean, just for years and years and years, he would come in. He would either come in and do like a clean inning or Brian and Taylor, I'm sure you guys remember, like, or he'd come in and load the bases with three walks and then strike out the side. And it was just like. That was his thing. Yeah, yeah. He and like, got out of one of those spots, I think, in the wild card game too. In I th- 2016, which I think he. About. Did um I know obviously he had um what was I just thinking I just had a whole I know he 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 had one of his bad moments when he hung one to I think Alex Gordon in the CS in that game and I and Gordon parked it maybe Mustakis I don't remember which one um but yeah man I mean you just talk about a guy who was like so much I he was just so much fun to watch and I said it to someone earlier like. He was the straw that stirred the Orioles drink, I think. Like as far as again, veteran pitcher. Um the I mean, he was the bullpen guy. It was just he was so awesome. Um local guy too. He lived up in um he actually lived in the same neighborhood as Willis McGahee out here, right outside Laurel and the Stone Quarry. I forget what it was, but like he used to always come up here to go to these restaurants. Um and then his 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 prank he pulled on Buck, or the one that Buck pulled on him with the solo wheel. It's like an all-time video. If you haven't seen that, just YouTube. Uh, Darren O'Day, Solo Wheel. Very funny video. So, happy retirement and, you know, thanks thanks for everything, Darren. It was a beast. Good tribute. Thanks. Well said. Uh, for one week and one week only, I'm going to give it to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs um, for doing a job. 
a job that we couldn't finish ourselves. Um, I don't know that enough is being made and there's a lot being made, but I don't know that enough is being made about Mahomes playing through that injury that he is like, like the play of the game is him scrambling. And I mean, him gets down, even though he was pushed out of bounds, like him, like getting past the first down marker there, like that's a big time play. And he just, he showed big time nuts for two weeks now in big moments um, on one leg. So um, I know that over the years that this was supposed to turn into a little bit of a Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes and like, Oh, here, here comes Josh Allen. And then here's Joe Burrow. And we're kind of like lost in the shuffle and we've kind of become disconnected from the rivalry a little, little bit. I'd like to get that back on track, but for, for right now, um, with all the Bengals whining and um, the arrogance and their, their dumbass mayor saying what he was saying, all that stuff. Um, something needed to be done and Patrick Mahomes stepped up and did it. So um, credit where credit's due. Um, yeah. So, and the whining Bengals fans, like, especially when it comes to blocks in the back, whining about that when, you know, I think we all know that, you know, no one's sitting here and saying the Ravens were going to win that game, but the Bengals were certainly helped by a back to get to where they are. They don't even get the snow game in Buffalo in theory. If, uh, if they're not, they don't get a little bit of help. And I didn't come on this podcast and talk about that play hardly at all. Hmm. So credit to me for that. 756 yards in, in two games for Mahomes on one, basically on one, one leg. Stupid. It's unbelievable. He, I mean, when he ran for that first down, I was just like, I mean, Mahomes. Like, it's it, it, we we try to find reasons to say that somebody else is the best quarterback, or we we tried to build it up in our minds and hope that Lamar was going to be that guy. And it's just Mahomes. The answer is Mahomes. He's hosted five straight AFC championship games. That's insane. That's insane. It's it's, it's the same thing as the LeBron. Like he has the LeBron factor where he should win MVP every single season. Uh, again, not not now for LeBron well, this year, but like he's he's just that right, good. Right. And and like you said, like people come up with all these. Like I mean, Peter Schrager, who I really like on NFL Network, but him having that like if Josh if if uh, Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes, do we have to talk about Joe Burrow as being the best? And it's like, no, it's fucking Patrick. I I tweeted like in like 2020, I said I think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. I think his entire package. I think he is the best talent. A to Z that we've ever seen. And like you said, like you talked about it, the, like his run, he's not talked about as like a mobile quarterback, like, like Lamar or Jalen hurts is, but he's, he's, he may be a top three mobile, like running quarterback. I think his ability to get out of stuff. And again, extend plays is just, it's insane. And he's just, he's so goddamn good. And, and he's just, I, I think he's the best. He's very, he's, he's unreal. Hard to deny it. I still, I'm annoyed by his family and I, I will go back to hating him in short time. But for now, got tip your cap. I, I don't hold his family against him. Like that's what like I want him. I to also don't. Like I have totally separated from him. He's very, I mean, you guys touched on it. He is so unbelievably fun to watch. Like yeah. it isn't, it's just, it's hard to deny. Like, it's hard. It's hard to hate him or, or dislike him as a conference foe. Like I actually like watching Burrow play too, but I just dislike that team, so I have no issues rooting against him. 
But like I thought Burrow's scramble on what that was that like it was like on a second or third down and yeah. you know ten plus where he juked the DB. I was like that's a I mean that's a big time. That's a ballsy run. But he I mean Mahomes is just like I. <laughs> He the play where the ball just fell out of his hands. I was like, that was the most unmahomesy thing I've ever. He just looked. It looked so much. It looked like a rookie first rounder. It looked like Baker. That was a Baker play. That's what that play looked like. Hey, a little bit of um, Jameis. Yeah. 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 Someone um, tweeted that. Was like, where have fun. I seen this before? And it was that play. This is a good Super Bowl. I mean, these are the two best teams. Like, these really are the two teams are the best teams the whole year. And so yeah. you hope that they deliver a game that is up. I hope Mahomes gets healthy and you get the best of them. Health. Um, I mean. <laughs> It's what's what's so it's crazy that you like, have to say get in healthy. the off season it's so good, you know. Yeah, in the off season, I you know there was that Juju Smith Schuster uh, situation where it's like why you know he could play for the Ravens, blah blah blah. If you're any type of wide receiver that's in that type of like a sh- like him or Marquez Valdez Scantling or <laughs> you know I think I'm just gonna name a guy DJ Chark. Like if you're in that position where you're one of those guys. That's where you should go. Like, why would you go? Why? I mean, no disrespect to our offense. Why would you not? If you're Juju, you play with me. No I'm sorry. Like, whatsoever. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> you go play with him. He just makes everybody incredible. <laughs> du- Duvernay. So Duvernay turns into a, a, a stud. Yeah, he's probably he's an all Kansas pro. City. He's probably an all pro. Yeah, Prochet is like, Prochet is like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, probably. Just nuts. God, I wonder what Demarcus Robinson would be like in that offense. Makes you think. Ah, hmm. If only we could see the jersey swaps. Yep, he's good. I think there's. It's going to be a very good Super Bowl. I, my instinct is that it's going to be a little bit, um, like the Super Bowl that Mahomes lost, where he's just going to be running for his life and he's going to be doing some special shit. But the Eagles' that pass rush is something else. It's real. Really good. We yeah. had an opportunity to go after Hassan Reddick last year, and um, you know, I think we did okay with bringing Justin Houston back and doing some things. But it would have been nice to have gotten fifteen and a half sacks, like he brought to the table or whatever it was. Yeah, they're they're freaks. They're all they're all insane. And I mean, the Chiefs have an awesome defensive line too. That I mean, Frank Clark and yeah. Chris Jones reminds me of Albert. He he's contract year Albert Hainsworth. Where he is just, he's the like he's the best player on the field, and he's gonna let you know about it. Like he's an absolute game wrecker, and and same thing. Frank Clark is unreal too. They're just, and again, that that defensive line going up against Philly's offensive line is gonna be awesome to watch because Philly's offensive line is just a bunch of like maulers. They're they're, I, I'm with you. It, I think it's gonna be fun. Um, I don't know who I don't know who's gonna win. I think Chiefs, but yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I, I'm going to switch my, you know, change my mind three or four times between now and the Super Bowl. Um, right now, it's the Eagles for me. Um, I, I'm sure the game will start, and I'll see Mahomes make one throw, and I'll be like, well, this Chiefs night tonight. So it's yes. going to be great. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited. It's going to be a good matchup. Lots of storylines. I don't know if you guys know that Andy Reid used to coach the Eagles. No, heard something about that. Yeah, that's what Did they you guys tell me. That the two the guys with the last name Kelsey are brothers. What is their mom like? Does her mom like fly to all the games? Oh, I didn't hear that. Wow, 
That's wild. Um, dead or alive? I forget every time. Dead or alive? Oh, I, mean, I try to get you to laugh. I try to get you to laugh RDT every time, just introducing it simply like that. <laughs> and it, it makes you laugh every time. It, it, it does. The computer's moving very slow right now. I had a good one the That's other okay. day. We can fill. You know what happens all the time is I think of who's going to be my next one. And that person inevitably like re-enters the public conscious in that week. And I'm like, well, fuck. Damn it. Who was my I can't even say who I was curse. Oh, oh, I, I know um, who it was. <laughs> I'll do a bonus one after. Um, let's see. Let's see. Hmm. Have you done Dick Van Dyke? No, but I can't remember. Dead. Dead or alive? Dead. I'm almost alive. He's dead. He just died. He's. He's still kicking at 96. Did he just die? No, no. Ooh, I, I thought he so. died. Wait, maybe he did. did he Wait, just die? He might have. <laughs> I know a lot of I people from that show have died. Three months ago. No, he's alive. Is wow, he? I thought he just died. Ah, Who died fuck. around the Dick Van Dyke He's show? 97 now. Yeah, someone, someone from that show died. Was it Carol Burnett? Yes, yes, Carol Burnett died. No, Carol Burnett's alive too. Wait, who died who... from that show? Sorry, Carol Burnett. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke show death. Let's let's. let's I thought let's... I saw something with the Dick Van Dyke show and somebody dying. I thought I did too, because my Carl Maybe Carl Renner. Well, up. Carl Renner died in 2020. Yeah. Um, I don't. Oh, know. Mary Tyler Moore, but that was five years ago. Carol Burnett was not on the Big Van Dyke show, by the way. I'm just, yeah, I'm just I don't know. We're just talking out of our ass. I don't know. My mom yeah, watches that so show. bad. This I don't know. It was a chick actress, I think. I don't Maybe know. I'm Apparently... thinking of Mary Tyler Moore a million years ago. No, that's so bad. No, part. somebody I'm else sorry. died. You're, you're right. You're right. Somebody <laughs> else died. Um, good for Dick. Oh, I'm sorry to Dick Van Dyke. Good, good for, for him, D- man. Good for DVD. Dick um, Van Dyke had a hell of a career. He might be yeah. an EGOT guy. No. Emmy, Golden Globe, Tony, Grammy. I don't think he ever won the Oscar. What a loser! What a bum. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll toss that. I'll toss. He that also one. appeared. He, what do you appear on? He's been in a movie as as uh, he was in Mary Poppins Returns in 2018. I was gonna say that was a no. Oh, that's wild. That and United, he's in the United the Museum movies. I mean, this guy, this guy is a is a hoss. <laughs> Um, on the Barstool stream yesterday, they brought up an old, an old, familiar name, and a lot of the people in the stream didn't know that he died. I remember that he had died. Jim Fossil. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's actually on my, my list. <laughs> oh shit! Well, yeah, we'll take that off. Um, I I completely I remember him being an assistant with the Ravens. I didn't know that he was offensive coordinator. I don't remember that. Yeah, he all. was like quarterbacks coach, and then I think he took over or like he filled in, and then five and for six. a bit. Yeah, and then in five yeah. and six, he was he was their offensive. We had Zorn for a minute there too. That I remember, but Fossil I did not remember until I read his Wikipedia. So, yep. I think twenty. The son I think is 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 moving in moving fast through the ranks. Well, yeah, he coached with the. He, I know he was at the Rams. 
I don't know if he was with. I think he's doing band. a lot of interviews or something right now, actually. Special teams guy. Well, and at one point he was. So good for good for the fossils. That was another like I was talking to my dad about it. That was another weird like coaching career, kind of like Billick's, where it's like they were good for like a, for a couple years, won a Super Bowl, got fired, and then never got another. Like nobody picked them back up. It's yeah, like, he went. Jim Fossil went back. Uh, he ended up coaching the Las Vegas Locomotives. That's that's what he did. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. Yep. And I read that. Yeah, but again, it's like he never got sniffed for another head coaching job in the NFL. Two time UFL champion. He won the first two UFL championships. How do you like? How do you not hire him after that? You yeah, know what I mean? that would yeah, yeah. So R.I.P. Jim Fossil. Mm-mm. Jimmy yeah. Foss. Well, before we leave, I think you know that was a very good one, Banks. You, you certainly stumped me. I have to apologize to Dick Van Dyke and his family so and Carol Burnett. Apologize. Seems like. Seems like a great guy. Reading about him and Carol, yeah, and Carol Burnett, he just got we, a ricochet shot from me. That we was killed terrible. Carol Burnett. Yeah, I'm sorry to Carol Burnett. That's that's just awful on my part. Um, Dick Van Dyke and the original Mary Poppins with Julie Andrews, who's also alive. I don't know if Julie Andrews has been on your list. What? So. Julie Julie Andrews is still alive. She's 87, and I got to cross her off my list now. Wow. Uh, oh, sorry. I would have had that one. I knew Julie Andrews was alive. Take off the lady that sorry. played uh, Wednesday, too. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Lisa yeah. Loring. Sure. Yeah. Good show, by the way. I don't know if you watched it. Have not watched it. I've been meaning to. It's the, the sleeper hit of the year on streaming. It's good. I, well, it's the second most watched Netflix show ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Or at least in terms of like a first season. This year. It was the second most this year. I don't, it might be all time. It might be behind all time. It might be behind um, Squid Game. Game and Stranger Things. But it's it's crazy. Because the, the Adams fit. This is what I understand. The Adams family isn't like it's old IP. Like it's not the most beloved thing anymore. I feel like does like do people care about not the at Adams all. family at this and point? I'm not and a, this show uh, is huge. His, I'm not a what's his name guy either. Frankenstein. Tim Burton. I'm not a Tim Burton guy whatsoever. But it was it's good. Is he involved? He's involved there, right? Tim Burton. Oh yeah, he's it's Tim Burton's Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, Jenna Ortega, the, the breakout star. Jenna, Jenna Ortega is superstar. Yeah, she has Jenna. Or, what's Jenna Ortega? I had that with Olivia Rodrigo in High School Musical: <laughs> The Musical: The Series. You and I are big talent spotters. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I did not call this one early enough. <laughs> oh, I called. Yeah, I, yeah. Way to, way to call it after the second biggest Netflix show ever. This girl's gonna be. Yeah, I yeah, got a feeling you to own up to that. Uh, let's give it a couple. I was like Olivia. I was. I had Olivia Rodrigo early, early, early. One of my great calls. Olivia Rodrigo, Antonio Brown. <laughs> That's not looking as good, but I did say it was going to be very good. And well, let's um, live up to. I mean, that's true. We have not heard from her in a while. She's doing like a Sam Hunt thing where there's just a massive first album, and then what we just twitter our thumbs for five years. Like, I've what's heard going on? Nothing, I've not heard anything about her in a while. Get off see, ass see what it, start making oh come on um yeah we'll see she well she was she toured so she did that she toured last year so you have that going on then you would think she's making new music now is what you would think this would make it would make sense for her to drop an album this summer I think I think that I would make say, sense if she doesn't come out with a, with a song of the summer then what are we even doing 
Yeah, I think that I feels think like what she the fraud. I think you tossed the fraud label on her if she doesn't come out with the song. Wow, you guys are gonna be wow, you're calling her fraud. Who no, whoa, 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 with the you guys there, Rodrigo, Rodrigo, <laughs> Olivia, Rodrigo, Rodrigo. Uh, don't you guys well, that. I did not say it. I did shirts. not say a thing. Just saying. Yeah, there's some fraud. There's some Rodrigo thrown around. I've heard from other people that Rodrigo Lopez. Oh, jeez. Um, that is a good time to end the show. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors: Thread Level Midnight, Fed Thrill, Jimmy Seafood. You can follow everybody: Bar Afterstool Banks at Taylor Schmidtan at E D I T T I twenty two on Twitter. Uh, um, follow the podcast at X fifty two Podcast. Um, on all of your social media platforms. Um, thanks to Colton Kowser once again for coming on the show. We have future Orioles guests to come in the coming weeks, so stay tuned. For those details, and we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.